Welcome to episode 360 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 360 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good, Bevan. You? 360, mate. We've gone the full circle. And you know what's going to be special about today? Wait a second. Um, the fact you brought a box? You can call me Sir. I'll let you call me Sir oh, today. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Because I'm going to give you a lesson. Oh, really? Yeah. In the blender? Gonna, it was going to be a surprise lesson, but you bloody locked me out of your house. What were you going to do? Were you going to hide the blender I'm somewhere? I'm going to hide the blender and then give you a big surprise. With uh, the, blender. the blender has arrived. He brought the blender. He's got this studios. big box. Tell you what, it's not, it's not a small looking device. All right. And uh, so the blender challenge is happening. Yep. Yep. We're going for a. Uh, we're on. going for a slightly new recipe today. I haven't tried this one. Um, we're going for celery, yep. pear, yep. cucumber. You've got some weird combinations. And celery, pear, cucumber. I think I've got a uh, and a banana. Okay, we're going to try that. I, I don't the celery. I don't usually like the celery. In I'm there, not a big celery. I'm not big on celery myself. Very to be honest. bitter, but it's like I, when you get Chinese. You know, I, you get Chinese meals and they got celery in there. And you're like, Ugh. I wouldn't have done it, but I just want to give you a blender a test to, to see how oh, how poorly it can perform. Okay. <laughs> so it won't taste good, but it's yeah. just a test of the blender. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, there you go. I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofwai.com. Ah, oh, tasty morsel in the morning. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And new sponsor Look, today. new sponsor, John. Who is it? Endurance Junkie. Do you know what they are, John? We they are to. junkies for endurance. They are, and we're going to tell you all about them a little bit later some on. cool gear, really, isn't it? Mm. Okay, guys, in this week's show, what we've got happening, we've got some news. We have an age group of the week. With John, I'm sure this person's had it before. Well, it's content. <laughs> well... I think we we might get honourable mention. Honourable mention, okay. Because I can almost guarantee this person's had it before. Okay. Okay. I would. And this person does get a lot of love on the show. They do. They do get a lot of love on the show. Yeah. So I'm, 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 we'll say honourable mention of the week. Honourable mention of the week. Coach's Corner, what are you talking about? What am I talking about? Uh, I've got a few questions regarding my training. So keep them coming because that helps fill up the show. If, you, if you're reading any of my stuff. It's easy for me to talk about that stuff. And, uh, and Writing's a lot slower than talking. Yeah. And... It's, uh, I think it's some stuff related to heart rate when people looking at my files and stuff and seeing heart rate and power and all that sort of stuff. Let's be honest, more importantly, we've got two pros on the show today. We've got Terenzo Botzoni. Yes. And a great interview we did with him last night. And then John actually caught up with Dylan McNeese, who won last weekend. So Yeah, so I thought I'd just nab him quickly. New race and challenge Taiwan. So I had a quick uh, sort of 10-minute catch up with him. 15, actually. 15. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I've done my work. Good. Yep. Nice. So, uh, and then we've got some questions and answers at the end. So first of all, we've got some news and the big race. Well, a couple of big races this weekend and or last weekend and the first one was the new race challenge taiwan in uh taiwan and uh dylan McNeese, as we we're just saying pretty much dominated the dojo he did indeed and yeah you know, new race so we obviously don't know too much about it which was one of the reasons why i wanted to give dylan a quick call and sort of find out you know what it was like and course and all that sort of stuff and you know my first um, impressions when I saw the results was holy smokes that's pretty fast um, and that was mainly due to um, quick bike condition well quick a quick bike time but you know when I spoke to Dylan he said it was accurate yeah um, I heard that I um, listened to the interview so yeah. obviously a very very fast course also the other thing to note it was a non-wetsuit swim 
Um, one question I did not ask Dylan was how hot it was. And because he didn't mention it, I assume it wasn't too hot. And I did see a comment from Belinda Granger saying it was it was really nice running conditions. So that's always the fear when you go to Asian races is that it's just going to be ridiculously hot. But I guess the fact it's, you know, it's right on the coastline, you've got mountains there, they've probably got a bit of a sea breeze going, I'm not quite sure, but I haven't seen any mention that it was, it was crazy ass hot. So non-wetsuit swim, Dylan McNeese swam 47 minutes. Wow. Uh, People, you know, again, a lot of people's reaction will be, oh, that's going to be short. But Dylan is a very, very good yep, swimmer. Smoking you know. swimmer. He, he, when he raced short course, um, you know, he'd be leading out World Cup swims. So I, when I look at the other times there and I see, you know, 52 minutes for other guys, 56, Belinda Granger, 101, Hilary Biscay, 54. And Hilary's a strong swimmer. It's pretty accurate. You know, Hillary's probably a low 50 with a wetsuit. So I'd say it's pretty <laughs> close. Um, so Dylan swam 47, rode 429. That's fast. Yeah, he smoked it, didn't he? That's fast. Um, He's a pretty complete athlete, isn't he? Because, you know, he ran a 254, which isn't too shabby. You and, know, like it's pretty sharp. And, and blowing up a bit on the run too. So he? he was probably, yeah, he really struggled in the in the closing stages of the So run. realistically, if he gets it right, you think it goes under 250? Uh, yeah, about, but probably 250, yep. I'd say, would be, about, would be um, about what he can do. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because we had him on the show what, a couple months ago after he won Wanaka. And there was that sense of he was going to give up triathlon and he thought, mm. I'll just give Wanaka a try. He ends up winning it. Mm. And now he's gone on, to, you know, and let's be honest, it's not the strongest field ever, but still right. he's had a pretty solid performance. The time he's done is pretty, pretty good. And win by 11 minutes. So splits were 47, uh, swim 429 on the bike, 254, run for an 8.16. Do you ask him in the interview what's next? Uh, yep, so Rote's up, Rote's up next for Dylan, and, and that's going to be the real test for him. You know, he's had two wins, outstanding performances, but, um, you know, let's let's be honest, that the fields that he's been up against... Oh, well, uh, he did have Mecca, but Mecca was yeah, not in form. They're, they're okay yeah. guys, but... The, and, and Mecca's okay. He's okay. <laughs> but, um, but as I say, the, the real test for him is going to be Rote, where he's not going to be... Uh, we will be off the front, but I, I'd be surprised if he stays off the front and wrote. Um, and he's going to have packs, you know, hounding him down. So um, still eight sixteen. You know, if he went eight sixteen and wrote, um, he's going to have a pretty a fair result. He's not going to be winning it, but you know, he's going to be um, he's going to be up there easily in the top ten, if not. The top well, five. but surely wrote's a faster course than this. You think? Um, I would expect it to be a bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I mean, if, it's the thing if he can if he can go close to eight ten. That's pretty solid. That is so, fantastic. Uh, really found his feet, which is great. Um, George uh, Putrebitsch from Germany, uh, 52 swim, 428, 301 on the run, and Frederick Cronenberg from Sweden was a uh, close race between them, only uh, just over a minute between them on the run, and he was third. Pete Verbrusik there was in fourth, so, you know, when we're evaluating times, he did 835, that's pretty In uh, New Zealand, he probably do like an 845, so he's probably 10 minutes faster than what because he kind of sits in that normally 830 to kind of 9-hour mark, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Oh, and let's talk about Pete right now, you know, so like Pete Verbrusik this weekend had his 125th Iron Distance race. It's got to be the, the most Ironmans anybody's ever done, wouldn't it? I don't know if it's the most Ironmans, but definitely the most pro. If anybody knows of anybody that's done more than 100. I remember when I did New Zealand, a guy who'd done 100 at that stage, and that really? would have been 2000 and, I don't know, 2000 and maybe seven to six. That's crazy. If anybody knows, anybody that's done more than 125, let us know. But, you know, it's not just that he's done 125. Mm. He's done 125 as a pro. Mm. 
you know, and it's just no sign of kind of fading, is there? No, he's, he's uh, just a good, you know, he's a smart racer. And that's the other thing I'll say about Dylan, um, you know, this is smart racing by him. You know, you, you're getting, he's got in with a, a good series with challenge guys and he's got two wins where you've got other guys, you know, going off and doing Melbourne this weekend, not Melbourne, um, Australia, Port Macquarie. And, uh, you know, Dylan's got a nice payday there. It was a $50,000, I think it was 8500 Euro maybe for first, and challenges do tend to look after athletes. Yeah, so they yeah they better. They, you know, he's got eight and a half there, and whatever he got in Wanaka was probably um, about ten or something like that. And that's more than most bloody pros make in a year. And so I just think, you know, good on him, um, making it making it work. Obviously doing doing the business, but you know, would you rather go to Taiwan and get eight and a half thousand, or go to Port Macquarie and get probably two and a half thousand? Well, yeah, I know what I'd do, John. And Belinda Granger's another smart racer as well. She's, you know? a, well, she's, always, she's got a pretty good relationship with the challenge people, hasn't she? Oh, this last thing, the guy, Todd, who was fifth, he was yeah. a former Olympic rower. Oh, nice. Mm, so and making Skip. that transition over. Do you, do, you, do you think people call him Skippy, given his surname Skipworth and he's from Australia? Probably. Yeah. I, I, yep, I'm thinking you're right there, John. Yeah. Yep. Nice work, Skippy. Um, <laughs> Belinda Granger dominated the dojo in the girls' race. Um, she had a bit of work to do, catch up to Hilary Biscay coming out of the swim. But, uh, you know, again, when you look at the bike times here, she rode 4.55, and she's a solid rider, but 4.55 is pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, for a 9.23.15, Hillary was second there in 9.37, and I'd say that's a really good result for Hillary. We've seen some of her results being a bit up and down lately, um, but that's a really good result for her. And uh, Hillary's always kind of been that person who's a good kind of second tier. Never, She's only won one Ironman, isn't she? I think so, yes. Yeah. And so she's kind of, but she always sits in that mark and hasn't really, I was thinking of the other day, I was, I was always thinking, you know, she's been in the sport for a long time now, we've never seen that step up. Well, I, I would actually say I've almost seen a step down in the last, I don't know, year or two, because there was that period there where she was going top threes quite All a lot. the time, yeah. Um, I mean, she was racing every weekend. Yeah, and, and of late, you know, often when we see her name come up, she's a bit further down the rankings, so... 937. Good Return work, Hillary. Nice one. Yeah, good work. And Kate Bev- Bevilacqua was in third place in 10 Now, is that, that's a pretty slow time for her? Uh, we expect she's been a lot quicker than that. Yeah. You know, she, she beat Joe Lorne and Did she beat Joe Lorne? It was a 70.3 when the year when they cut it. Yeah, but she's, yeah. No, she's been quicker than that before. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Ironman Australia was the other big race happening this weekend and uh, really great result to see uh, Luke Bell actually finally take out an Ironman win. Yeah, I don't know. So he obviously hasn't had one before, I don't think. No, no, it's his first Ironman win. He's had 14 70.3 wins. He's got two top 10s in Kona. So he's he's always been of the pedigree. You know, he's always kind of been one of those guys who's of that top level, but never really put it together on an Ironman day. And, you know, like it wasn't the strongest field in Australia, mm. but still it was nice to get that monkey off his back. Yeah, I guess yeah, his Kona performances and the probably the other couple of standout performances I remember is when he went head-to-head with Cameron Brown and oh, that was pushed phenomenal. him for a long, long time on the run. So um, good on him. Four, uh, 47 minutes swim, 4.46 on the bike, 2.53 run. So just a nice balanced day. And he was out front, I think, pretty much all day and uh, won by 12 minutes. He did 8.30.23 from Patrick Evo, who's also uh, an Ironman winner we discussed last week. So, you know, still had to beat... Some, um, yeah, he was 12 minutes in front, then there was another 20 minutes back to Luke Whitmore in third place. Well, if the age group is like, look, the top 10 men was chock full of age group athletes 40 to 44 winner, Dave, um, Medley plays fifth, um, Lee, Levi Martin got sixth, um, Corey Chapman got seventh, Paul O'Brien took eighth, Rich, oh uh, Aaron Richards took ninth, and then Kevin Kutja. 
took 10th place. Paulo Bryan's a blast of the past. He was a junior back in my days. Oh, really? Yeah, like a top 10 in the world junior. Mm, he's still pretty sharp, obviously. Yeah. So obviously the bike times there are not uh, electric fast. You know, there's only um, the pro guys, you know, Luke Bell went 4.46, but those age group guys are going, uh, you know, the five hours uh, five, five hours to five hours 10, so not particularly quick there on the bike. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a great race, though. Mm, mm, mm. Girls side of things. Girls side of things. Bevan, tell us what happened in the girls race. Rebecca Horshock, yes, maybe took it out in nine thirty-four, and then Ange Castle took it out in second place in nine forty-one, and then Jessica Fleming in nine fifty. But again, we had a third place getter, so not to be outdone by her male counterparts, Jessica Fleming. Was an age group got third overall. Nice work. Yeah, it's an age group of thirty to thirty nine. Um, so well done. It was only four pros in the uh, four pro women. I remember from last yeah, week. Yeah, so it wasn't a big field, but still, to, you know, it was an age group to go and take out third place. Nice Pretty cool. Nice Be happy with that. Yeah. So well done, everybody who raced in uh, Australia. Uh, Mahi Drysdale, who we had on the show last week, did eleven hours and fourteen minutes. I think he was looking to go sub eleven. So I think he'll be. Somewhat satisfied with that, but it sounded like he really struggled on the, uh, on the in, run in the last part of the run. Oh, did he? And said uh, he said coast to coast was the hardest thing he's. It was extremely hard, but he said hands down this is the hardest thing he's done, and uh, he's looking forward to returning to seven minute races <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather than eleven hour races. Um, Honourable mention um, to John Ellis, uh, seventh in his age group, forty five to forty nine, ten oh three. Didn't get the slot either. Didn't, didn't roll down. Uh, I mean, he John was. I think he. He started thinking about um, a slot and, you know, seventh place. He's not, you never not, know. You're not far off the money. How many slots were there in the age group? And this is what led me to um, to go on to Russell Cox did a, did a post um, on well, on this on this topic because in, in Australia there is only um, 40 slots. And I was thinking, John mentioned Conan. I said, John, I didn't say anything, John. I thought there's no way he's got a chance when there's 40 slots. Um, well, there's five in his age group. Five slots. Oh, there was or there was. Uh, yeah, forty male, forty to forty-four, five slots. Okay, well, so, so he was Ru- unlucky. Russell's predictions indicated there would only be oh, three sorry. predictions. Yeah, Russell's predictions. No, were, no, no, you're looking at the wrong John, line. John's forty-five. Oh, I thought John was uh, forty-five to forty-nine. Sorry, John, you're forty to forty-four. Yeah, so. <laughs> Five, so very, very close. So no roll down. Unlucky. Yeah, unlucky. Very unlucky. Yeah, I, th- I thought there'd be a lot of Because we look at what happened slots. in New Zealand this year, mm. and apparently in Melbourne there's quite a lot of roll down as well. Um, so, you know, when there's a 40-slot race, uh, to give you an indication, thanks to Russell's co- um, co- Russell Cox from coachcox.co.uk, the spread is basically um, one or two slots um, for basically all the female age groups, um, except for those really popular ones, sort of the 30s to 30 to 50, there's basically two slots. Every other age group, there's one. And the guys, it's basically uh, two for the 25s, three for the 30 to 34, four for the 35 to 39, five for the 40 to 44, and then three and three and two and two and one. So it's very hard to qualify. Oh, John, we gutted. I didn't realise it was that close. I, for some reason... That would break you, your heart, isn't it? Because if you go... Like, I know I got... When I when I qualified for Kona, I think I got sixth in my age group, mm. and it rolled down. Mm. And what did I get... You know, because there were four slots, I think, and I got them one. And then the next year, I quali- I won, but I didn't take it. But when, you, when you're two out, when I read and him he, out... And he punctured. Oh, did he punch it? Yeah. Oh, the poor bugger. And he blew up a little, just a little bit on the run. Oh, but everyone does. Yeah. You know, the, the blow-ups. He ran 3.33 and went 10.03, so if he'd run three th- under 3.30, would have got the Well, sub- it's the puncture, really, because yes. that would have been at least three minutes. Yes. Oh, the poor bugger. I wonder so, how, off, how far off he was off sixth place. I'm not sure. 
but mm-hmm. it, it didn't roll at all. Um, so honourable mention for John Ellis. Uh, if you're in Christchurch, go get a, a muscle a massage from Muscle Zinc, and uh, John will be back, and he's coming over to Kona for the camp, and uh, look out for him in Kona in a few years' time. Bring it on. Okay, um, what races have we got coming up this weekend, Jobo? We've got the... Ard Garden Triathlon Festival. Now, John, this looks like an animal race. <laughs> <I> <laughs> 250 metres. Is it metres? Yeah, to, to, to start with, um, now, my hush is not working, Bevan. My hush why, is why not, not working. Is it your phone I feel ringing? my phone ringing in my pocket, but oh, I will, will There's a vibration in his pants. This is feeling good. <laughs> and it ain't his phone. So the, the Ard Garden, uh, Ard Garden Festival is a sprint distance race, an Olympic distance race, and an iron distance race. Now, first thing you got to say is it's May, and this race is in Scotland. Um, the water is going to be flipping Arctic. <laughs> it really is going to be freezing. And then you take a look at this bike course, and yeah, it goes from uh, more or less sea level from about sort of 15 metres up to... 291 metres by the look of it and you do that climb twice and there's another one in there that's 150 metres so nice honest race nice honest race very nice honest race and the run does the same oh no it's the bike it's the second bike no the run is is insane as well you go up to you even go even higher on the run you go from 8 metres up to 325 it's a very small image here Mike my eyes aren't the greatest. Okay, so you go, you go some pretty much from ground level to 300, then yeah. back down to ground level at halfway, then back to 300, and then back down pretty much halfway down that, and then back up again. It's going to be good, honest racing. Oh, yeah, just to, to see if we can get some results from that one. Yeah, it's not going to be a fast day, let's put it that way. That, that's all we've really got coming up this weekend. Um, after that, we've got a couple more. We've got Lanza coming up, and uh, Texas, I think it is, also coming up the weekend after. Good times. Okay, John, there was a few 70.3 races last weekend, and oh. um, I haven't really looked much into it, but you, but I tell you what, um, the the way that WTC are going with this, doing some championship races, is uh, is kicking some ass because the field they had at so St what, George. So George was the American. I think I call it the American Pro Championships. Okay. Um, so so more money, more points. Good on them for doing that. The field was stacked big time. Um, you know, you got guys like Greg Bennett blowing up on the run, finishing 15th place. Sebastian Keenlay uh, down 18th place. Paul Matthews was below them in the 20s. Matthias Hecht was in the 20s. Um, Braden Curry, who from New Zealand, who absolutely crushed everybody at Challenge Wanaka in the, um, and also won the Coast to Coast. Yep. He was down there in 28th place. It like breaks Mer- your heart, doesn't it? You Meredith, win a couple of races yeah, and you get 28th. Meredith Kessler, who you know, she, she goes to a pro race um, against the guys, and she's going to be finishing fairly high up. You know, She was 30th overall, so it was 30 guys faster than her, which is quite a lot. And she said it was her best race ever. Yeah. So Ivan Rana was only in ninth. Um, it was a stacked field. Um, so we're not going to go on and on about 70.3s too much. Brent McMahon, short course guy, took it out with a stellar 113 run. And uh, Kevin Collingworth was uh, second and Andy Potts was third. Never heard of Kevin Collingworth, so don't know where he came from. Um, USA. So- yeah, well, yeah, and uh, both came off a good run. And the thing with this race is uh, a fairly challenging bike course, so it's a good, honest test. So you're not just going to get guys sitting in too much and then just coming through for, for the run. It's, it has got a few hills in it. Well, John, let's be honest. This seems to be where the exciting racing is happening in WTC Pro Racing. Yeah, no, it's great. You know, you look at an Ironman race, it's not that exciting generally. Whereas something like this, you know, within the top 10, there's a gap of about six minutes. In top, uh, top, 
if you go to the nine minute period, you've got uh, 13 finishes. The so 13 guys between the 351 and then 13th place was Rudy Wild in four hours and 18 seconds. So awesome, awesome to see um, some, some good racing and very competitive side of things. And long may it continue. I guess the challenge is, you know, next year, if people think, oh, this field's going to be stacked again, I might go and do a slightly softer race um, because if you're finishing outside the, the sort of top 10, you're not going to get a payday. But um, yeah, great. Nice work. Okay, St. Croix. Uh, should we give the girls a bit of love or not? Oh, yep, go on. Um, so Meredith Kessler took it out, which was a uh, – she must have recovered somewhat from her um, her experience where she got held at gunpoint and had everything taken off her. I got this email. Um, really? I'm, I'm almost positive it was a spam. Hopefully it wasn't true, but it was one of those ones. I'm sitting here in tears. Somebody's just taken my wallet and uh, and I can't pay for a, a hotel. Did you, wait, did you see money? You better – Sorry, she yeah. probably needed it, John. <laughs> and, uh, did you send money? That's why she won. You sent her money. Exactly. Oh, you're I a good did. man. So Meredith Kessler took it out from uh, Svenja Batslin <clears throat> and Heather Wirtle in third. Again, pretty stacked field. You got Annabelle Luxford, Kelly Williamson, Leslie Patterson, um, Leander Cave only down in tenth place, and Laura really? Bennett in eleventh. Barbara Riveros in twelfth. That's a very solid field. Awesome. Um, so Croy Hepburn and. and um, Tim Hemming sent through um, saying Ben Collins did a two fourteen on the bike. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you run, what you bike. It didn't you finish it, but run. it was faster than Lance's ran right last year. Oh, right. Mm, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. He was saying earlier this year, US athlete Alan. Um, he's a smoking bike rider. I mean, he's, he's... He did 158 in St. Juan, Juan um, but ended up crawling into the water and not finishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I think he did the same at uh, at the fifty one fifty champs last year. I think he was like you know miles off the front and blows. Anyway, um, Richie Cunningham took it out four ten. Oh, uh, Will Clark four thirteen, and he just out sprinted the Kiwi Clark Ellis. Cat Morrison back in the game. Good to see a good crushing victory over Joe Lawn and Maria Selnick. Well, that's good. Good result for Joe as well. Yeah, it's solid. Kat Morrison got the old sleeves back on and she's back in business. Bring it on. Back, got the pigs in the farm. Yeah, yeah. Jumbo. Yeah. Question I have for you. Yes. Is I've forgotten the question I had for you. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go on with the wildflower results. Je- Jesse Thomas, Leon Griffin and Joe Gambles. Again, another really good field there. And then uh, on the girls, Heather Jackson from Cat Barker and Elizabeth Lyons. John, is it disappointing that they made the US Championship the St. George race and not like a St. Croix or wildflower based on the history of those two races? Well, Wildflower's not a WTC race, so that counts oh, that okay. one out. That. And uh, St. Croix, yeah, I guess they could have gone for that, but it's, you know, for them. Because St. Croix is one of the historic races, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's out, in the, it's out in the flipping Caribbean and everything, so they're not going to get the, quite the same. They're not going to, well, maybe they do get sell out there, I'm not quite sure, but they're not going to have the same marketing yeah, opportunities. If, when Kona's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Kona's different. Well, a history of a race. Well... I think they've done a good job at St George, so well done. Well done, St George. I'm not saying they're not, I'm just saying, you know, you've got this event that does seem to draw a wicked amount of pros. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to keep that in a really historic race, so a historic race stays historic. Could do. Not just some other race on the calendar. Yeah. Just putting it out there, John, what's happening at ITU? So we've got Yokohama coming up this weekend, uh, Gomez versus Brownlee, which will be good to see. Um, Gomez had a pretty crappy race recently in... Uh, I can't remember where he finished actually, but it is wasn't. It, is it both the Brownleys or just no, Jonathan Brownlee? just Jonathan Brownlee. Um, and Gomez didn't race so well in the States San for Rams, it? San Diego. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets back on track. And Silver is the net the man coming through from 
from Portugal, and uh, the girls should be quite an interesting race. Pretty small field. Got Moffat and Jorgensen and Kate McElroy in there. I think they'll be batting, battling it out. So, uh, and then the one other thing we've got is uh, if anybody's interested in the, the international triathlon business, later this year they got the grand finale of the series in London, and the guys um, are putting on a, a conference, conference about business. There must have to, to be speakers. Keynote speakers. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. We're yep. going to do um, um, what would we do the topic on? How to bullshit for an hour and a half every week, John. That, that would be the topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the growth and globalisation of triathlon conference announced, and it's going to be September 9th to twelfth in London. So if you're interested in that, go to tryjuice.com and check it out. Or Gold uh, Juice Nate has got an article on there. Good times, rock and roll, John. We've got a new sponsor on the show. Sponsor. Endurance. Junkie. Yeah, they're not just endurance guys, they are junkies. They are. So new sponsor to the to the crew here. And uh, if you guys want to check it out, you go to endurance-junkie.com. And we'll have a link to that on www.iamtalk.me. And if you use the code IAMTALK, you're going to get a nice uh, discount off any of the stuff on there. But this is cool looking... Um, Cool looking kit, nice classic so it's gear really, isn't it, John? Yep. yep. Got uh, tri suits, they've got some casual gear, and they've also now got some uh, new stuff out, some new training gear. I guess a key differentiating factor with these guys is that they're using merino wool to help sort of thermoregulate your body. So what that essentially means is when it's uh, when it's hot, it's going to keep you cooler, and when it's cooler. It's going to keep you a little bit warmer. So, for a hu- for for a human to deliver optimal athletic performance, the internal co- core body temperature has to stay as near to thirty seven point five degrees centigrade and centigrade as possible. Fluctuations as little as plus or minus two percent have a huge impact on the physical capabilities. So they've got a cool sort of system there where they're using merino other materials to basically keep you cool or keep you nice and warm when it's in cool conditions. Jumbo, I had yeah. a merino singlet. From people rave. Oh, and I loved it. Yeah, and I had it for like four years, mm-hmm. and then the other day I was taking off, and it got it was so my thumb went through it. <laughs> so I, had to, I did the Hulk Hogan in front of Joe. She loved it. Yeah, but I tell you what, I loved it, and and seriously, the merino, it's so good. And um, merino doesn't get stinky like no, there's stuff. no, there's no smell at all in merino. Yeah, yeah it doesn't hold the smell. <laughs> so you can wear it for weeks and never have to wash it. Well, that's the thing. I know I've had guys you know, never wash yeah, it. So, you just basically, yeah, as you've even said, you wear it and you can, yeah, you, know, you can hang it up and and then it's not going to be stinky because mm, probably see, still not hygienic. Not hygienic, no. <laughs> and I, as I was driving here this morning, there was a an ad, uh, a news item about the French. Um, design. But they don't wash your clothes. Well, there's a, a, there's a design they've just come up with some underwear that. Um, doesn't smell. It's going to be. It's going to have a nice floral bouquet or something to it. Oh, really? And because uh, the French are. Let's be honest. We could probably all do a some of that. Yeah. So basically, key points here are: you're going to have some thermoregulation with the materials that they use for the for the for the tri suits for the training gear. It's uh, moisture wicking, which means um, it helps in terms of uh, absorb it, absorbing it in, in your sweat rate, so you're not uh, you're not carrying around a huge big heavy sort of tri suit or heavy you know t-shirt or anything like that. And as Bevan's been saying, you know the, the comfort of oh. um, merino and stuff is, is I would pretty live awesome. in my, my, my one oh yeah yeah another cool thing these guys have got, got some casual wear which is really cool they've got some cool hoodies and again like the t-shirts are in, in the merino and it's uh, it's really but nice the hoodies stuff. the hoodies are looking good John's eyeing up the hoodie aren't you yeah. and on the back oh. of the hoodie it's got see how strong and mentally you are or you are mentally yes, yes. got yes. some kids gear on there as well um, oh you can do the whole family John yeah 
book them all out and, and uh, endurance gunk junkie. We'll go to a party. We'll go to like a family Christmas dinner, and your whole family will be an endurance junkie, won't it? We got mini junkie, uh, mini junkie T-shirt. I'm picking. Um, it's got endurance in there. It's got a cross out. It's got milk junkie. Milk junkie. Nice. So check it all out. Endurance-junkie.com. Um, they've got tri gear. They've got tri suits. They've got a bit of everything, guys. So if you are looking to get some new gear and you want to kind of get maybe some next level gear, which is kind of pretty cool, um, check it out. It's got some really nice stuff on here. And the tri, the, that bike suit looks really cool, eh? And uh, if you want to, if you want to see it sort of an action, they've got a page there with all their athletes, and they deal with some. Uh, They've got the world champion Sam Guide, thirty-five to thirty-nine, one Kona in twenty eleven and twenty twelve. So that's and there's a picture of him actually running in Kona in his tri suits. So I guess that's another example of you know sometimes you think Marino, oh, it's just for for winter conditions, but these guys are racing in Kona in Marino. Um, oh, Marino is like a miracle kind mm. of fabric, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's incredible. That's incredible. And uh, when I'm on the website here, it's got a little button up the top. Yes, we ship to New Zealand. So if you're in New Zealand, that's a good thing. Yeah. So check it out, endurance-junkie.com. Use the code IAMTALK and uh, go check it out. Check, check, check it out, guys. Get discount. What's the discount? Do you know discount? Uh, let me give me two seconds, Bevan. Uh, promo code IAMTALK will give a quick 10% discount and worldwide free shipping on all orders. Oh, wow. That, turn that up. That's yeah, a good deal. Rock on. Yeah. I've even got a video on Vimeo, John. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah, it looks amazing. They're in Lanzagrotti. Lanzagrotti. Nice. I'm just pulling it up. Oh, wow. So these guys are based in uh, Belgium, but shipping worldwide. So check it out. Okay, guys. EnduranceJunkie.com. Endurance. Hyphen Junkie. Oh, hear that? Oh. Oh, Junkies on Lanzagrotti. I feel like getting out and going for a run, Bevan. So there's been a bit of high production on this video. I tell you, these guys are going all out. Love it. Go endurance, junkie guys. I'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me. Okay, John, discussion of the week. So last week's discussion, um, I can't remember what it was, John. I haven't even looked at it. Yeah, let's have a look. Oh, it must have been so good. It must have been one of your ones. Actually, someone did say as one of the posts. I'm going to pull up right now, John, because I, someone said this is the best discussion ever. I remember what it was. John, do you know what it was? No, I don't. I'm going there right now. If you were to come up with ideas for I'm, oh, I'm meant to make more money, what would you do? The problem was... Everybody thought they were comedians. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone thought they were comedians. I was being quite serious. I was like, oh, well, this is an interesting discussion. And, and I went on with the, like an hour of it being on there at Everyone. <laughs> Just said, David Manley, set up a tattoo parlours. Mm. <laughs> okay, John, what do you got? Let's go. Uh... Chrissy McKinley, who was at the pool this morning, uh, launched a WTC podcast called Iron Man Talk, bringing Iron Man to the masses via iTunes, bound to rake in the coin. Well, let's be honest here. It's (laughs) (laughs) it's probably not a good strategy. Alistair um, Eard, he's got cut the, um, extend the cutoff time to 20 hours so more people can realise and brag about just setting off slow and keeping going. Hayden Goldsack, um, sponsorship. I know no other event of which the main signage is their own. They have no idea. Is the main signage your own? Well, you know, you go to most races and it's Iron Man everywhere. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Well, 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 when you go to Coast to Coast, what is it? Spates, Coast to Coast. Oh, so you don't have the naming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Graham, um, yeah, but you know what? I think they just don't get it. I, I agree. Yeah, because I'm you, sure they're trying. I'm sure they're yeah. offering that slot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Um, Graham at McCullum, forget about giving prize money and parents' fees to people and just keep the cash. There you go. Um, a number of people have, have put on here about... Um, Do we actually have any serious ones? Hire Brett Sutton. 
Hybrid Sutton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? I, uh, Brit's an interesting character, but I actually don't know if he'd be the right person to run the business. I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, Ian Prickett um, put tracking chips on the pros so people can track them throughout the entire race, not just at the timing mats. I'd also rent tracking chips to age groupers at a nominal fee so their friends and family can track them, all tied into phone apps. That's great. Nice. Um, Glenn Mit- Minute has got, um, would approach other triathlon companies, challenge WTC, uh, ITU, etc. create a triathlon channel, televise all races, online subscriptions for it. Now can approach global companies for sponsorships, e.g. VW, Yamaha, Samsung, and so on. More money for prize money for the pros and have a decent, go going decent all the way down to at least 10 Glenn Newbold, open up races two years in advance as most Ironman athletes plan that far out. So with an average $1.5 million per full distance race for entries times, say, 15 races equals $24 million and an interest-bearing account over 24 months equals cash money cow. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea, isn't it? So you're basically investing the cash. Mm. Well, it's hoping you invest well. Mm. Just um, What if it goes the other way? 2008, John. It's happened before. Um, um, Janine, oh, what do you say? Jan, Jan uh, Atkinson, better athlete tracking systems could add revenue by more people visiting their site. Uh, Joanne Baxis, fastest growing sector is the women's age groupers. Mm. So many sponsorship deals being missed by the likes of L'Oreal, Lauder, etc. Huge opportunity. Philip, uh, Jerry Phelps has got um, profit for who? As an athlete and consumer of WC products, I'd like to become an owner. I'd run it like FC Barcelona. The fans, athletes would uh, have shares. Then um, the owners can profit for the corporation. This would be a much more fun job to run a company owned by the customers. For me, it would be more in line with the values because I like spreading the profits to more people. Or we could be suckers and give all our money to a great corporation uh, and hope they give us what we want because of capitalism. Last one I'll do, Dawn Henry. Athletes of all levels are the bread and butter of such an organisation. Take time to listen to what athletes would like at, to see at events and at what locations. Also want more athletes at your events, then consider what events are happening already that could dilute registrations for your events or theirs. Okay, Mark. Cathcart has got, um, I'm guessing you guys didn't invite Brett Shutton on for the show. Um, first, based on a few different races here in the US, they've got to get focused on reducing waste. Second, charging the same price for all the races is fine, but if you have to deliver the same experience, or you have to deliver the same experience, which is what they have been doing, dropping all the local flavour, race names, set dressings, etc., have all become homogenised. Some of the races lend themselves to better community involvement. I'd focus my efforts on the a few big ones and scale back reduce the prices on the others for the few big races I'd start running an advertising campaign that didn't focus on how hard Ironman was but how fast the pros and top group age groupers are over the distance make the public want to participate to show up for the pro finishes that's an interesting point you like that one don't you? no I think oh, it's an interesting you don't like oh, no, it. I'm not saying I don't like it but I think it's an interesting point because you know Iron Man has traditionally done very, very well from their Kona coverage promoting age groupers. And I wonder, you know, and, and as, an, as a Tri fan, I want to see the pros being rewarded and, and doing better out of the sport and having a higher profile. But I wonder if that takes over the main sort of central 
promo of the sport um, or the, and they'd be the centrepiece of coverage and news articles and what have you, whether the sport would become more elite and that would start to put people off. So I, I kind of wonder if they're almost intentionally not focusing so much on the pros because that you know their market is getting more people into the sport and that's not pros, that's just getting more Joe Blogs in there. So I think that's an interesting point. Well, John, that's a selling point of our sport. Because actually the pro rest is pretty boring. Mm. And, um, you know, like, it's it's really boring, really. You can't really put it into a new TV coverage. Like, if you if you just had a half an hour pro show and you didn't do any of the age groupers, mm. for most time in races, it's not going to be that interesting. You know, you can edit it cleverly so mm. that it looks like it's a bit closer. Like, they also do that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, it looks like it's really close. But once mm. you actually know the results, the guy was 20 minutes ahead. Mm. And really the selling point of our sport is to sell it to the age grouper. Yep. So, and to the newbie. So, I mean, the, the question that you, that you raised here, and a lot of people sort of went off and, and um, said what they'd like to do to change WTC, but whether that was going to derive more income or not, I'm not quite sure. I think. Oh, just one second. Drago deserve. This yeah. is the best question ever. <laughs> Champion. You're not getting invited to dinner at my place, Drago. No, no, he's, 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 he should be your first guess. Uh, so, obviously, you know, if, if we're looking to generate the most amount of income... Um, okay, John, what would you do? Let's put our business hats on. Well, I think you just put on more races. But in, uh, uh, taking in the feedback that a lot of people have put there, you've got to have cool races, cool locations, and spread them nicely through the season, which I think they're doing really well. Because, you know, now you've got races in, like, uh, they've got the race in early season in Los Carvos in Mexico, and they're, and they're try- it seems that they're trying to add races and spread them through the season a little bit um, a little bit more, which is, I think, what they what they need to do. Um, so, so more races more is one races. way? Well, you, you only asked for one. No, I, I, did I? I thought it was the one thing that you were going to do. No, no, I just said get us more profit. Oh, okay. Well, that would be the if there was one thing... More races. It's not very innovative. Well, that's how. How would you make more money then? Okay, I'd go. Okay, I'd go. How can I get more in, income from the people already there? Which is the question they're exploring. So you could probably better merchandise because I often feel they, merch- they bloody merchandise every flipping thing under the sun. Do you want a mattress? Do you want a buggy? Do you want a yep? Some I want deodorant? all those things, John. Yes, I need I some Avon that, deodorant. I think that the, yeah. Okay, carry on. Uh, well, merchandise is probably the biggest profit thing. Mm-hmm. You know, merchandise. Well, maybe not biggest, but definitely a big part of it. So, but I think you know why couldn't they produce bikes? Do what? Sorry, bikes. Why couldn't they have their own bike line? Why couldn't they have their own mm. swim gear line? Mm. You know, like, why couldn't they take over those, you know, because definitely there's there's a big market for it. Mm. And if they could do a good job of it, why couldn't they be having a market of, you know, this is the Ironman bike? But don't you think uh, you want to focus on your core competencies and make sure you're doing that right? Yes, it's mm. true. But then you look at a company like Johnson & Johnson who do products in lots of different areas and are hugely successful and what they tend to do like a company of Johnson Johnson is that you go okay well sure the brand is Listerine but then they have a high brand in each brand so you wouldn't call it the Ironman bike but you might have the the red cup bike because I've got a red cup in front of me right here yeah. and you know and WTC are the, the owner of that it's just that you know they have all the networks to for the marketing for that kind of product and they probably have enough money in the bank to you know, go down that path. I wouldn't have an Ironman bike, but you definitely they could do merchandising that wasn't so much around the Ironman brand, but would capture the audience. And because they have such a strong connection with their audience, they could probably have a pretty, pretty good in- introduction to those markets. Mm. I've got you thinking, haven't I? No, you haven't. I'm still thinking that. Uh, no, the key ba- thing bang is for, that- bang for buck in terms of effort. I still think you. Well, who knows? Somebody else can run the numbers, but I think you know they need to fo- would focus on their core things and doing getting into retail. Man, that's 
It's hard, really hard. Well, but some people do well at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. the, the kind of money that I imagine I got sitting on, you know, the problem. Are they that big? Well, where, where did where did the guys who just started the bike company start? Mm. Like who started Coyota? Mm. Yeah, they wouldn't have been that big. Surely WTC are bigger than someone like those guys at the start. Interesting. You know, and they could just give some of the pros. So, so what are your other ideas, Bevan? Oh, you don't like that one? No. Give us the only line. thing they wouldn't want to do is line extensions. A line extension is when you use your name across different things. So they wouldn't say Ironman as a, a bike, but they would, you know they might say WTC produced this bike. Um, other things, more races is definitely one. Um, I also think um, I'm just putting these out of my butt as I go. Yeah, I just come back to that. Yeah, they're now going and getting into fifty-one fifty and all these different distances and what have you. And I just kind of get the feeling that they're gonna. I worry that they're going to get away and start focusing on lots and lots of different things, whereas what they're best at is doing Ironman and probably 70.3s. Um, but uh, John? Yes. Reality TV show. They do that already, sort of, don't they? With, um, no, I'm talking big time. Like that. Yeah, but not for Ironman. Mm. You, have, you have reality TV show where people have to train for an Ironman, mm. everyday people, mm. and you get 12 of them that got to live together. Mm-hmm. They end up hating each other because that's what you do. You create a bit of controversy. Yeah, they'll hate each other. There's those two over there. You got to do, you know, and you got to do teams, events, and all the rest of it. And it's build up. Oh, John, I've just made. It. There we go. There you go. There we go. Billions, billions. You, you and I can produce it. We'll be the hosts. But I reckon you could do that for. I reckon you could do that for a seventy point three over like a twelve week period. Nah, but, you, you go crazy. That's the thing. You make it yeah, crazy. You got yeah. Ironman, and you get people who who've got no hope. That is a good idea. <laughs> Oh, you like the one? Yeah, I'll give you that yes. one. Okay, and then lastly, um, the first Iron Man on the moon. Because mm. people will pay stupid money for that. Because there's that, that marathon in... Antarctica? And you pay, I think it's $50,000 to enter, or something mm. stupid like that. Mm-hmm. So you could do stupid revenge. Go down to the, go down to the Arctic and, and do a, uh, set up an endless pool. Yep. And then mountain bike, lap somewhere of a, of a 400 meter track, and yep. then uh, run around that track as well. Charge 100 grand. I should be on top of the company I tell you Okay John This quick question Okay It came uh, sort of Off a topic sent in From Richard Soares Apparently there's a possibility That there's going to be A new Iron Man in Boulder um, He's got some links here well, It looks like more than a possibility They're pursuing it Aren't they mm. Yeah And So his question is I live in proximity to Boulder And there's lots of local buzz I've proposed Question of the week if an Ironman came to your hometown, would you race it? A friend of mine and I had a debate on the question. He argued that if he's going to spend 750 bucks, he's not racing on the roads he trains on. Part of the Ironman experience is a destination. I totally get that. I wouldn't spend 40 bucks to race a 5K in my neighborhood. I think that having an Ironman in my neighborhood would be awesome and convenient for my family and would do it in a heartbeat. What do you guys think? Good question. It's a good question, John. Mm, don't give your thoughts now, Bevan. I can see you, but you're bubbling away. You want to spit it out. Well, there's a couple of articles it. on here, and, and there's one from the Daily dailycamera.com, which is maybe a Boulder, Boulder local paper or somebody, I'm not sure. But um, they're talking about the cycle pro cycle race they had there. And one thing they did say, which I was found kind of interesting, is that they spent the council, local council, spent $290,000 or around $280,000 to $90,000 on getting the pro race. Which race was that, John? The US Pro Cycle yeah, Challenge. They got huge fields to that. Yeah. Huge. Huge fields. Sorry, huge uh, spectator numbers to that. Wow. Massive. Well, well, no, we talked to Barry Siffer. I remember we were talking to him. He'd, I think he'd been up there and he said it was manic. It was Tour de France like um, yep, huge but, crowds. But so they spent nearly 300 k on it. 
the fiscal impact from non-residential spectators was only 48,000. Mm. So That's an odd... It's very odd that they come up with that because most of the time you get these reports and you have this poxy little bit. It's inflated, yeah. We brought $1 million yeah, into the economy. $5 million. And, and I did this with my, with my triathlon festival and there was a formula that I came up with and I plugged in my numbers and it was going to say that I brought in, um, you know, a hell of a lot more than 48000 I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? You think so? <laughs> okay, I'll go with that number. Yeah, that's a number. That's a number. Yeah. So, um, but but yeah. in saying that, the council were quite happy to have the race there because they see it as a good local event, mm. um, and it seems as though they're not adverse to having the the um, having the race in Boulder. But then when I went and did some research from some of the links you sent through, a lot of locals feel that it may be a bit of a struggle just because Boulder's not that conducive to putting on Ironman for the swim, and some of the road closures could cause a problem. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. Yes. It's kind of the home of triathlon, really, isn't it? It is. Be at altitude, that'll make it very very challenging. Yeah, so it'd be cool to have a race there. So the question is, would you pay 750 bucks to do a race where you live and train? Okay, that's uh, the question. John, do you want some music? I do. We've got our honorary we, mention. We better do, when's Joe leaving? We've got to do the smoothie challenge soon. Oh, she's got 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Yeah. Here with that? Yeah. Why does she have to be there? She's a taste tester. Oh, we're going to do a blind taste test. Yeah. We won't tell her who's who. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Game on, Tim Pong. Yeah. Hope she doesn't gag on yours. It's not crunched up properly. No, we might be fine. Yeah, okay. D- d- yeah, bring I'm it on. concerned about my celery overpowering the smoothie, but we're going to go with it. Pineapple. I've got pineapple in there as well. Okay, I've got pineapple. Yeah, I've got some. I've got it all. I've got the ingredients in a little it, container there. You're investing a lot in this challenge, aren't you? Yeah. Because you spent how much I, on your blender? I really don't want to do this because I did a celery one yesterday and it was it was average. Uh. But I know the other ingredients today. You just want to you're trying to draw destroy my machine, don't you? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> And my banana's not going to be frozen. That the banana is a hard one to crunch up, but it's, I'm sure it's not going to be frozen now. We'll chuck some ice in there. be a bit gross. Why am I not, John, I was thinking about this when you were talking about the challenge. I don't get it. Why do you freeze your bananas? Because you want, you want everything to be nice and cool. Yeah, but if you have frozen berries, it freezes everything else. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, for kids, fantastic. I do my, um, my berry, banana, and uh, spinach, <laughs> spinach, spinach, berry, banana, and spinach. Why do you put spinach in everything? Because it's oh, there's rainbow. Greenness. Right outside the window, see that? No. Yes. Can you see that seriously starting outside my window? I seriously cannot. Look right there. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Come over here a little bit more. Come over here. See that? Oh, yeah. Look, the pot of gold. We're out of here. We're out of here. Yeah. we get a pot of gold. <laughs> it's out of it. Yeah. Um, you got to get your greens, Bevan. you got to get your nice, fresh greens. Unpro- no no cooking, no getting rid of all the nutrients. Just China study, eh, John? And if you do a China study, you better get on it. Um, no, I don't feel like the China studies. Has been de- debunked by a lot of people. Oh, you've lost it now. I you haven't need- lost it. I'm just <laughs> you're not, you're not going, going vegetarian. Um, but you need your nice, fresh, healthy greens. And this way, there's no cooking, and they don't you don't taste any spinach in there. And so you're getting the goodness without the uh, without the taste. And so when you do it for the kids, you put I put some oat milk in there as well. What colour does it go? It goes um, red, but you've got to have it red, quick, b- red with green tinge. Red with red, but then if you don't drink it quick enough, it turns green because it gets oxidised. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns into it's like a it's like an ice cream sort of slushy, and the kids just eat it up with spoons. They love it. So what do you have in there? Frozen bana- bananas, berries, spinach. I don't get why you have the frozen banana. It bit. makes it nice and. Um, <laughs> it looks like feeling a breast. It makes oh yeah, it feels like breast. <laughs> no, it just makes it nice and slushy. Slushy is the word I was looking for. Because uh-huh. I just use frozen berries. That keeps it cold. Mm. And I use fresh bananas. Frozen bananas are always a bit weird. Well, you know, that's a, it's a secret. 
If your banana's going off, then you just put them in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, but, but I eat my bananas. Don't need to. Okay. Just that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, so wait, do you, do you want to do a challenge now or later on the show? I'll do it now. Are oh, we going to do it now? You get some music in there. Well, no, no, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. Okay. Okay, I'll put some music on because it's the end of the show stuff, John. It's not okay. middle of the show stuff. Okay. We're professionals, remember? Right. Okay. Wait a second. It's 46 minutes. Plus interviews. <laughs> Let's push on. Okay. Should, we, should, we, should we save age school? It's honourable mentions. Yeah, let's not put music on because we can't give a major group of the week. Honourable music. Richard Swan sent through an email. I, I've got a nomination for honourable mention of the week. Um, it may be a little lacking in detail. John the Mountain Snail Hancock. Yes, simply, I think he's going to hit it twice. We can't give it to him three times. Simply because he insisted on buying me a flat white in Wellington. And that's really not good enough reason. <laughs> and for the type of kindness and generosity and for being an all-round good guy, John I'll Hancock give that should be honourable mention of the week. Um, also he's a regular contributor to the show helps with junior development in Wellington and he races an I Am Talk tri suit and wears an I Am Talk um, and he's probably the most photos suit. on the website ever as well Yes, he's good there we go. love you John honourable mention so the key is if you go into Wellington hook up with John he'll buy you a coffee that's right that's the deal yep Yep. all you Wellingtonians he's ca- and he's coming over to Kona T-Rex is up there T-Rex yeah. is in Wellington yeah. I wonder if he's had coffee with John Hancock there you go. Yeah. probably is uh, sponsor Sponsor, just tying, just tying, John Hancock, mate. You are going to be famous. I tell you what, because I have to- on our show notes each week, John's quite good because what he does is he's the sponsor. It says sponsor, and I'll go sponsor, and he will talk about it. And and John does all the research on it, and and he always has what he's going to talk about. So like, you know, like when we talk about endurance junkie, here's all the key points we're going to talk about and stuff. And this week he's got endurance junkie. John Hancock uses it. John Hancock uses <laughs> it. It must be good. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was he was one of the people that raves about it um, because I got him onto it and I can't remember where, where he must have picked it up. Maybe he just ordered it and uh, and he thinks it's a business. Like we were going over to Kona, so all the guys in the, on the Kona Epic Camp, you know, they'll get um, just a little travel pack of yep. extreme endurance just to, to, to try it out. And uh, and John Hancock says, can you put an order for like six bottles of extreme <laughs> endurance for me? So I don't know if he's going OTT on the, uh, on the camp because he's a little worried or if he wants to get his nice little stash there. But... Um, now he's he's another believer. So I mean, if the mountain snail believes I'm in it, I'm a believer. Tell you what, Porno's good. pretty excited about it. About what? Extreme endurance. Yeah. Well, he wants. To, he's doing a Christchurch half, and I think he's trying to go fast. Okay. Doing some hard yards, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Beef, what about the extreme endurance?" Like, yeah, get on it, mate. Get on it. And he's like, "Okay, I'm going to get on it." Okay. He's taking the risk, he's going to do it. It's, it's, yeah. The thing, uh, honestly, if you if you take probably about ten days of dosage, you should. Um, but John, no, like my thinking was, why wouldn't you use it before that? Because really, you want the effects for your training. Well, no, that's know? the thing. You, you know, uh, but if if you're leaving it late, um, ten days I found is enough to, to get into your system and race well. Then there's obviously the training side of things. So because if you if you're going to do a key training period where you're going to spend four weeks going like an animal. Mm-hmm. That's when you really want to use it because it's, it's, you want to be able to have quality sessions the day after. Yep. So it's going to help your recovery when you're doing that. It should help your performance when you're when you're in those sessions. Um, but yeah, and, but as you said, the, the key thing is the recovery. Another smoothie recipe for your Bevan. Well, so extreme endurance smoothie. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, on Sunday, came back, did a 150k ride. Yeah. Um, you extreme endurance. Did my my uh, and, and then my frozen banana because I like my frozen <laughs> bananas. Those are dead skins, don't they? Sorry? The, the, the skin always looks dead. Take the skin off before you put oh, freezer. Yeah, 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 I know, but uh, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just, just um, so frozen banana, spinach, and execute. Have my execute in there. And oh, then, you and get execute. Milk. Got some execute, yeah. Oh, when did I get some execute? I wondered why I had two in my cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not going to be alone. stuff, I tell you. Um, so Xcute goes down well for yeah, It the, was good. The I remember the one time I tried it, it was really good. good. <laughs> so check it out. John Hancock, use it. must be good. Uh, go to xendurance.com, use the promo code IAMTALK5 and you get a $5 discount. Good times, rock and roll guys. Okay, guys, we had an interview of Turin Terry Botzoni last night. That is Botzoni, isn't it? I'm pretty sure we got Botzoni last time we, when we spoke to him in Kona because we asked a question. I'm pretty sure it's, it looks like Bazzoni, but I'm pretty sure if you do it properly, it's Terenzo Botzoni. Terenzo. Do, do the Italian. It sounds Italian. He's from South Africa, but it sounds very Italian. Is he African? Is yeah. he African? Yeah. You know that for a fact? I, 100% positive. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know where his parents are from originally, but he was born in South Africa and he lived there for a while. I don't know when they immigrated, but he sounds as Kiwi as Kiwi. But uh, definitely he is born in South Africa and was what? raised partly in South Africa. So what, do you remember what age he came over? No. Hmm. But I'm picking probably before 10. Okay. So we, we definitely take credit for his athletic ability. Yeah, he's definitely a Kiwi. South yeah. Africans, you can't claim him. Because yeah. us Kiwis, what we do is we claim anyone who's ever spent a day in New Zealand. Pretty if they only do anything good, like Russell Crowe. Oh, there he was born here. Yeah, he's born here. He's, 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 he's born, his cousins are in the cricket team. Martin, Martin Crowe and Jeff Crowe. Yeah, they're, they're cousins. Cousy bros. Yeah. But yeah, New Zealanders, if, if someone does anything good in the world and they've spent a week of their life in New Zealand, we claim them. Everybody does that, though. Yeah. Aussies bloody claim all our stuff. Yeah, the Pavlova. Tom's flipping steal everybody's athletes. Yep, one of our tennis players is going to play for the UK. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. And, the other, and the, most of the other ones go and play for Australia. Yeah. <gasps> Even our league players yep. turn to Australian teams. Yep. So yep. that about. John, what are you... What, what, what oh, I'm on coffees of oil. Go into that in a okay, moment. Well, 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 let's get Terenzo on. So Terenzo, we had him on last night. It was a really great interview. He's such a cool guy. Um, check, check it out. Terenzo Bazzoni. Very happy to have uh, one of our local heroes and legends back on the show. A man we've seen over in Kona a few times, and uh, one of the parties he was having a good night. He was <laughs> one of the parties when you had the broken yeah, ankle. You were on fire stuff, that night. <laughs> exactly. Terenzo yeah. Bozzoni, welcome back to the show. Thanks, John. Thanks for having. Good to be on. Hey, it's been a um, interesting time for you. You know, um, people who haven't been following New Zealand season have uh, seen a few highs and lows for you. Um, but I, I was pretty keen to discuss um, last year a little bit because uh, you know we saw some some good seventy point three results coming through. But I, I was really interested to hear from you as to whether you were actually getting back to your very very best form, or whether you were sort of getting into to good form but not quite that sort of record setting um, seventy point three form you had a few years ago so so how was it sort of um you know the, the back half of last year yeah well it's quite interesting with with injury it, it works it, it, i i really struggled i really struggled to to get back to to top form after having such a long time off running because of my achilles and then after surgery it was another uh, three months of rehab before i could start running it just I mean, I was I was hoping for this miraculous fairy tale comeback where I just just came back and started winning winning races left, right, and centre. But uh, it just wasn't meant to be the case, and and it was it was really frustrating, and and I kept having to question myself and and uh, and just want what was going on, what was going on. Uh, I got about halfway through the year, July, and I was actually starting uh, like the Vine Man seventy point three was my my uh, the race previous to that, so middle of July, and then I came home. Um, and I started to find a bit of form in, in that in that race in, at, in Vineman, but uh, it wasn't until I sat down with my coach John Ackland and we kind of evaluated all the races, looked at uh, the data we we've collected over the years and, and compared all that. Um, we realised 
what what I needed to work on, and uh, and basically from there it was it was eight weeks of of really structured training, um, working on a pro- pretty much main, mainly my running strength, uh, a little mm. bit of biking strength, and and when I when I came back when I started racing, um, I just it was it was overwhelming. I, I started getting some great results and started feeling back back to normal. It was just a bit of a shame I got got crooked. Um, Flying, flying back to Vegas from from Ireland for the seventy point three World Champs, um. and uh, yeah, ended up. I, I, I tried to fight it, tried to fight it, uh, and ended up pulling out of the race. I was, I was uh, hoiking up yellow phlegm, <laughs> so it was wasn't a good wasn't a good combo. And uh, yeah, so I, I decided to pull out of the race on on the day before, and that was a pretty tough decision. Truth but from God. there, I, I went on and, and won a bunch more races, and and it was. It was really cool. It was it was great to be back racing at at that top level. I guess a bit of a shame that that I missed out on the world champs and and uh, and didn't have any really big races to test myself. But honestly, I, I I look at my run times over those races and I think I was running faster than uh, I've ever run in my seventy point three career. So that that's exciting. True. So you know, like um, you know, you've been an athlete pretty much your whole adult life, really. Is that the most unfit you've ever been in that injury period of time? And, and how did you, if it was, how did you deal kind of emotionally with not being able to train to the level that you're so used to training? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely the most unfit I've been in, in my whole life. Um, yeah, even even growing up, I would I would swim 10 times a week and uh, and did karate and all other sports. So even even when I was four years old, I was probably fitter than I, than I was uh, <laughs> at the end of 2011. Um, it, it was really tough mentally. I, I went through some some really really bad patches where I, I I I knew I I knew I wanted to be in the sport. I knew I could come back, but you you start questioning yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm outside my house. I, I live on uh, just across the road from the lake, and people go running around the lake, mm. and all shapes, all sizes, all ages, and I couldn't run around the lake. Mm. And I was just like, this is this is ridiculous. What what is this world coming to? I can't. I can't even run five k's, and uh, it, it was a very frustrating time. But I'm. I'm thankful. I, I had my coach, my family, uh, a lot, my sponsors stuck by me. Uh, picked up a couple new sponsors who who were very supportive and and knew the comeback would take time. And uh, I'm just just fortunate to have such such a such a strong team in my corner. So, so it was a bit of a bit of a crappy summer for the people that haven't followed um, the New Zealand season. You know, you got knocked off your bike um, just before the seventy point three Auckland race, and and that sort of seemed, I believe, sort of carried over to to Ironman New Zealand. So maybe just um, fill us in on on what did happen and whether I'm, I'm barking up the right tree or not. Yeah, well, we better start with the most important uh, event over the summer was was my wedding. I'm yeah, married. nice. <laughs> that. Don't go all crappy much, summer, John. Where you starting, mate? <laughs> no. I just had to mention. Now it's mentioned. We can move on. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I, I did a race to the Tower on a Half Ironman um, one week after the wedding, and and that that was pretty cool. I uh, <laughs> I, mean, I I didn't have a great day, but I I had a solid day, a solid race, and and it was great to be racing down there. It's been I think eight years since I last did that race, and and uh, Graham O'Grady's probably one of one of the toughest competitors down there, and he he had a blinder of a day and, and won the race. I I was happy with second place. Uh, and then yeah, building up for the Auckland seventy point three, got taken out by a car two day or a car door opened into me two days before the race, and uh, yeah, broke broke uh, my Argon eighteen, uh, broke my zip wheels, and 
and uh, did a bit of damage to my hip. I had a bit of inflammation, a bit of uh, bone bruising on my right hip. And I, I tried the, the afternoon before the race to, to to go for a run, and I couldn't even make it a hundred meters. So yeah, it was it was no no use racing, and and it, that was that was a really hard decision because I mean, it's not every day you get to race in your hometown, and uh, mm-hmm. and where the bike came over the shore here, it's it's right around my neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I had a had a couple about a week off after after the crash to to bounce back, and then it was onwards to Neutral Ground Ironman New Zealand in March. Um, and, and training, I, I was getting, I was getting a lot of the mileage done, but f- for some reason, something was off. I was sleeping really badly and, uh, recovery was, was just not what it, what it had always been. Uh, mental energy was really low. I, I couldn't bring myself to look at emails or, or, uh, yeah, do anything. I just, when I wasn't training, I was, I was pretty much trying to sleep or, or lie down. And uh, I, I guess I just thought, oh, it's a, it's a time time in my life. It was a busy end of last year, and and the weather was really hot, so I just kept putting it down to other things. And and uh, I mean, I, I was also getting headaches after a long ride. So the day after a long ride, I'd wake up in the morning with a headache, and I just thought that was the hot weather, and I put it down to dehydration and try to work on my hydration a bit better. But it wasn't until yeah, Nutrigrain Ironman halfway through the bike ride, I I started getting this this splintering headache behind my eyes. In the back of my head, and um, and it just yeah, it just cracked me. And I tr- I tried to start the run. I I really wanted to help put on put on a great show, but I uh, yeah, it just just wasn't my day. It wasn't meant to be. Um, uh, after, straight after the race, I, I did see a neurologist. She she diagnosed me with with a concussion, and uh, and she basically said that when you when you get a concussion and you don't back off, you don't relax for un- until it's better. You just keep. It just stays there. It just stays there, and uh, and can get worse. Wow. So that put me into a force one month, one month, pretty much doing nothing, um, and uh, and has delayed my US season. I was I was hoping to be racing the last last two weeks, uh, but yeah, just just fitness wise, it's it's been delayed a couple of weeks. So what, what what happens with the plans for this year? You know, um, Swanee seems to give us some insight to say that you may not be doing Ironman racing this year and really going to focus on the seventy point three. Is, is that the case? Swanee's got a loud mouth, eh? <laughs> speed, speed walker Swan. Speed There's walker. no denying it. Yeah, you got to, Someone's got to, Someone's got to inform Swanee that a, that a triathlon's a swim, bike, and a run. It's not to see who can get the fastest run time. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, the the big big goal for me this year is seventy point three world champs in Vegas. Uh, I would really like to get my title back. Um, and aside from that, I I decided not to race Kona this year. I um I just need to just need to learn a little bit more about Ironman racing, and uh, I'm going to target a late season Ironman in North America. Um, just something to kind of. Just get another race uh, race under my belt and, and learn a bit more about Ironman, and I'll, I'll probably do that after the seventy point three world champs. But but for now, until September, all my focus is around going fast in Vegas. And uh, in the lead up um, next week, heading up to America, going to go to Florida for the seventy point three in Florida, and then two weeks later to France for the ITU Long Course World Champs in oh, nice. Belfort. Um, mm. And I think I mean that's 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 I guess in a way a a race that'll teach me a little bit more about that distance between half Ironman and and Ironman, and uh, I guess yeah, see see where I'm at over that six hour period. Trenzo, you know, you, you're like you're, you're 
like a legend at 70.3 and as you say you have well you are you're, you're you know you're phenomenal you. at 7.3 and uh you know you haven't quite cracked the iron man yet what 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 are those kind of hurdles you see in front of yourself that will be the, the change to you really maybe getting those iron man results as well yeah it's, it's really weird i mean i can race four half iron man races uh back to back and week after week and, and it's not a problem i seem to bounce back and and uh i'm obviously strong enough and can recover fast enough but um, yeah, put double the distance on one day, and 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 I really seem to struggle. I think the main obstacles for me are um, just mentally uh, getting through the race. Um, for some reason, I can I can stay in the zone for a half Ironman, but uh, as soon as it goes to Ironman distance, there's just there's just some barrier that I'm I'm really struggling with, and, and I think it's probably more of a mental barrier than than a physical barrier. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some other great great athletes. Uh, Simon Lessing tried to make the move up to to Ironman as well, mm. and and he really struggled. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping. I'm, I'm only 28 years old now. Yeah. Uh, the past six winners, bar Pete Jacobs, have been mid to late 30s. Uh, Macker and Crowe. So I've I've got a little bit of time on <laughs> time yeah. up my sleeve, and uh, I just yeah, I just I, I really enjoy the half Ironman racing, and and I've got a great team of sponsors who. Who support the? Who will support my my journey and uh, and ultimately Kona is where where I see myself racing and see myself succeeding, and see myself leaving leaving my mark on on triathlon. So uh, that that's the long term goal. But but for now, um, yeah, I want to want to get a bit more speed back. Do you, do you think that eventually we will just get guys who just focus on seventy point three? You know, like there does seem to be this. You know, you're a short, you're Olympic distance dude. Or you're a guy who's doing Ironman, and that 70.3 is in that kind of middle ground. Do you think there will become a time where we just have a 70.3 field? Well, that's the thing. I've, I mean, I started half Ironman racing in 2005. It was my first wildflower race, and uh, there wasn't much else around. Uh, I think there was wildflower Saint Croix and and maybe a, a, a couple other other 70.3 races. It wasn't until 2006 that the 70.3 series actually. Uh, yeah, kicked off, mm-hmm. and and it's just growing exponentially every year. And you can definitely, um, yeah, be be a seventy point three athlete. And I, I think um, over the last year, you've seen a lot of athletes kind of focus on on that distance and uh, and nothing else. A few of them do the the like non drafting Olympic distance races. And and mix that with the seventy point threes, and and then there's a few that do the seventy point threes and and dabble in in a couple Ironmen, but um, there's there's definitely a, a large core group of of seventy point three athletes. And it just seems like an easy way to make money, doesn't it? You know, like <laughs> well, we like not not because the fields are less, but you can race more. It's not so fatiguing. You can still make a pretty good coin from it. Whereas Ironman racing, you can't do as many. You know, like I don't know. It's an interesting, yeah, exactly. interesting kind of question. Yeah, well, Ironman racing, you you spend eight eight to twelve weeks just focusing on on the Ironman, on the build up to Ironman, and and uh, I mean, occasionally you'll do maybe a couple couple races in that build up, but a lot of the time you're you're focused hundred percent on on racing racing that Ironman at the end of the block, and and you miss out on on three months of racing and earning potential. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, t- you talked before about not um, not doing Kona this year, and and the reality is, even if you did want to do Kona, you would probably have to chase the points pretty pretty hard in terms of um, particular race selections. Um, 
do you, you know, obviously you're influenced by injury where you haven't got points from Kona last year or the back part of last year with Ironman racing and then you didn't get Ironman New Zealand. Do, do you, what do you think of the current system? Do you like it? Did you prefer it the way it was before or do you have any suggestions on how it could be done better? Um, yeah, it's a, that's a tough question. I, I, I didn't really put much thought into it and, and I wasn't really too concerned about it until uh, I, I got to the start of this year and I think I was ranked ranked second on the 70.3 ranking and then, then I started paying uh, paying quite a bit of attention. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's a good system. It's definitely got its teething problems but those are slowly getting ironed out. Um, and, and if you pick your races, you, can, you, don't, you don't need to be racing too much. You can pick four or five races and especially if you get Get in that Kona, uh, like Vegas World Champs, seventy point three World Champs, and Kona World Champs. Um, and if you get in that routine, you're getting you're getting some good points to to secure secure you the spots for for the following year. Um, I, yeah, this year would have I think it would have been pretty tough if I if I did want to go to Kona, uh, not not finishing Ironman New Zealand. I would have had to had to have done another Ironman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think points wise, besides that, I. As long as I as long as I had an okay race at an Ironman, I I think I would have been okay. Because it was a pretty um you know like I guess the way they're moving is is these championship races and just at the weekend you know that field in St George was um was pretty impressive in terms of a seventy point three field. Yeah, was, for sure. Yeah, that was when you get Sebastian Keenlay down there in about sixteenth place or something. You know, it's been a pretty solid day at the office. Yeah, well, so what I couldn't believe is I I looked at the St George race and I, I was that's I was hoping to be there that that was on 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 the cards as uh, one of one of the first races of the season, and uh, yeah, it would have it would have been great would have been I think almost like a Vegas race, mm. but then the th- you got Wildflower on the same weekend and you look at the results from Wildflower and there's half a dozen pretty top guys racing there, mm. and then you've got. St. Croix the day after and on the other side of the country and again there's half a dozen or ten top guys there so it's it's great to see the sport developing and and there's just it's just so much talent and uh it makes it makes does make it harder to to earn a living but uh when you race top guys race fast guys uh week in week out it brings out the best in you and, and makes you a better athlete at the end of the day. Dorenzo, you um you definitely seem to, or at least from the outside looking in, you seem to 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 do the professional job well. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you, you seem to have good sponsorship relationships. You seem to communicate with your own audience really well. You know, you've got a good following on Twitter, and you really, I always see you kind of communicating on Facebook. You seem to really capture what it means to be a pro. You know, what, what would be some tips that you have for maybe some up and coming pros, or some even some insight for the you know the age group listener? You know, because it's a business you're running, isn't it? And and how do you approach? all that aspect of what you're doing to make sure you can get the most, you know, I don't know, financial reward or, or the most out of the opportunity you have. Yeah, thanks, Bevan. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I mean, I, since, since a young age, I, I mean, I started racing competitively, go, traveling to world championship races in, uh, in 2000. And back then, I, 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 was, I was fortunate to pick up a couple sponsors. And, and right from that early age, I, I, I recognized that sponsorship was a two, two-way street. It needed to be a two, two-way street. Uh, you weren't looking for a charitable handout uh, for a company to say, here's some money and, and go, go on your merry way. It, you have to be able to give that sponsor something in return. 
and uh, and that's that's what I've always tried to do. I've always I've always put that primary, and uh, and and try to create value for my sponsors, um, and also I mean keeping in touch with them. Uh, social media is is a great marketing tool, and uh, and yeah, just just being active on on social media, uh, and yeah, being active posting and uh, yeah, keeping in touch with with your fans who who are yeah who are hitting you up. Um, and just, I guess, being, being yourself, you don't want to get stuck out, you don't want to get stuck yeah. being the Tiger Woods, uh, all, all nice on the outside and, and dirty on the inside. So <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty bad. But, uh, you just being yourself. Be, be yourself. If, if you're, if, if you're a reckless person, then, then, then let that show through, 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 through the way you protrude yourself and, uh. And and that way, I mean, people will appreciate that. And and uh, I mean, an example is is a friend of mine is an Australian guy, Paul Ambrose, and he's just he's just crazy. But he's he's an awesome guy, and and everyone loves him just because he's just so crazy. He's just so out there, and uh, yeah, just you don't want to be you you want to create your sense of individuality. Mm. Be authentic with it too. So, so what's the plan from from here? You know, you'll be cranking up some some solid training. Um, what's what's the first race you, you're going to hit off and do? Yeah, training's been going really good. Uh, I got one more one more week of of big training, and then uh, Monday, thirteenth of May, shoot up to LA for a few days, uh, and then jump across to Florida, seventy point three Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two weeks later, ITU Long Course World Champs. The Belon Dalzas. You've been practicing your hill climbing. You you've got to climb over the Belon Dalzas in that race. It looks pretty decent. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, have you having have you ridden up there? You spoken to anyone? Well, I have. Ridden? Yeah, me and Bevan Doherty and all that. That's basically was on our back doorstep that climb. So it's um, decent okay. climb. What's the gradient like? It's not too steep. Not too steep. Just long. Okay. Oh, nice. Mm. nice. He's giving you some insight here, mate. If insight. you win, a bit of commission goes down, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are on my advisory board now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you, how do you think Bevan will go at Kona this year? I, I think he could he could go well. It was it was a bit of an unknown how he was going to race it, uh, down in Taupo, but uh, he, he blew the socks off so, off everyone, and yeah. Uh, I was yeah I was, I was very impressed with, with how he raced. And, uh, I mean, he, I was a bit gutted. He, he broke my my uh, fastest debut by a New Zealander. Devin's a class act, and and he obviously put a lot of work, a lot of focus in, into that race. So, uh, I mean, he's he's proven that he that he can race uh, fast over an Ironman, and and it'll be interesting to see in Kona. I mean, you have Ironman, which is one step up, and then Kona, which is which is a whole other step up, and and a lot of people get there and, and they figure that out. So, I mean, yeah, anything's possible. I, I did get one question from Swanee, and, uh, and he was basically saying, he was asking about your director's chair, but he said, no, seriously. Um, he was just saying maybe you, you could give a bit of insight to how hard you trained as a kid. He was saying that, you know, you, you've got the New Zealand school champs record, which he believes you'll, you'll never be beaten. You know, you had the New Zealand cross-country championship which you know he doesn't think any other triathletes ever done and a lot of people thought you trained a bit too hard when you're a kid but you know your results kind of prove that you're doing something right do you want to give a bit of insight to what kind of training you were doing in your teenage years yeah well i've, 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 tried, I've always tried to go back and, and think about it and uh i can't think of anything in particular that i was doing but i was doing i i, I was doing a decent amount but uh i was also very consistent so usually i'd wake up for like 4:30 in the morning, 
uh, and drive out to where my squad was swimming, which was a little way away. Um, and do yeah, two hour swim set every morning. I uh, come back, go to school, probably fall asleep in six or seven <laughs> period usually. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, after school I would, um, I guess there would either be a hard run or or a hard bike ride. And mileage wasn't there wasn't too much mileage, but there was I guess a lot more intensity. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean I would probably do two to three hours of training in the afternoon. Uh, cramming a bit of homework and and crash at nine nine thirty. Um, you know, like, like a lot of people say, you shouldn't do that kind of training at, at a young age. What was your feeling on that? Because if you're doing five hours a day as a teenager, that's quite a lot of training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> I guess I, I became acclimatized or yeah accustomed to that training to that to that heavy workload, and I I mean obviously it didn't wreck me, but it is important that you know your limits and. Uh, and you, I mean, you want to push those limits, but you don't want to, you don't want to wreck yourself. You got mm. to, you got to be smart, and you got to gradually get stronger and fitter. Uh, one of one of the big things that we did over over the high school years, uh, and I have to give my coach John Ackland a lot of credit for this, is I guess through the year there'd be the the triathlon world champs, which was always a key focus. Uh, but other build ups through the year, we would either focus on the cross country champs or the cycling champs or the track and field champs and um <clears throat> the build-ups into those races were were very very specific very focused build-ups and uh and so i i wasn't if i mean i went and built built up for the cross country i wasn't going to be a, I, if i had to do a cycle race the week before i wouldn't have been very competitive but mm. i was in good running mix so there was there was a lot of focus a lot of juggling but uh, i think it seemed to, to Long term improve me as a as a triathlete. Mm. Well, Terenzo, you've got um, two hundred and ninety eight days, nine hours, and thirty three minutes until uh, Nutrigrain Ironman New Zealand. And, <laughs> and Not that John's counting. Yeah, you're going to have you're going to have a fifteen minute head start on me. So I hope you're. Uh, I hope that's going to be a key key focus for the year. But um, no, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know you and Kona next year 2014 and then we can hopefully get some kiwis back on the podium with uh with you and bevan and have we got has anybody else who's coming through that might be able to get us a third place on the podium and get rid of those bloody australians Gra- yeah, grady <laughs> yeah and i've got to get rid of those aussies so if, if guys want to be f- um following you Terenzo, what's the, the best means of um getting in touch with you in terms of you know facebook and twitter or what, what's your your best best way to follow what you're up to yeah check me out on twitter Terenzo, T-E-R-E-N-Z-O-1, uh, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Terenzo Bazzoni. Um, I'll, I'll put links to there on our website, www.imtalk.me. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. And, uh, yeah. No, it's perfect. Thanks Thanks a lot, guys. And and it's it's been great to have have the support from from everyone, especially over, over these tough patches. And I mean, if I yeah, send out a tweet or something saying how – uh, about an injury or about pulling out of a race. Uh, I mean, I, I get a lot of a lot of love, a lot of support, saying, "Don't worry, Terenzo, you'll be back there soon. Just just keep chipping away." And and uh, and knowing I have have the support from from this this great community that that is triathlon, mm. uh, just just means the world to me, and uh, and and gets me up every morning when when I really struggle to. Nice work, mate. Well, awesome. Look forward Brilliant. to following you, mate. Bring it on. Yeah. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, John. Good no to worries. catch up. Cool. What do you think, Jumbo? 
Good. You know, I think um, smart guy in terms of uh, knowing how everything clicks together in terms of the whole triathlon package. And yeah, like I was saying at the end, he he comes across as a real pro. Mm. You know, and and I guess I'm I'm probably sometimes a bit hard on Terenzo because you know he's such an awesome seventy point three athlete, and he has not had a great Ironman yet. He's he's had some 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 good ones. You know, eleventh in Kona is nothing to yeah. bloody you know sniff yeah. at, but but still eleventh is. Uh, yeah, he's got the potential to. Well, when you look at seventy three point three pedigree, yeah. you kind of think he'd cross over and probably achieve higher than he has to this mm. point. And yeah, he's had some. He's had a good New Zealand when he got second to Brownie, um, and he, he's had some good races, but yeah, you know, relatively nothing compared to what he's done at seventy point three. So if, it's interesting that he put it down to the mind. Oh, you yeah, know, it was yeah, interesting yeah, that he was like, yeah. you know, what, I'm, I'm really strong at seventy point threes. I know how to play that game, and then when I go to the Ironman, it's 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 a, it's almost like a mental thing. And that's been my comment quite often, and and whether it's not whether he's got the mental toughness whether he's when he loves it and when he when he he, you got to love what when you go out and do an Ironman if you want to go fast for for eight or nine hours you got to really be looking forward loving loving it but and he sounds like he does a huge amount of training so um yeah if he gets it right I think all it will take is probably one awesome race somewhere and you know I think he was talking about a late season Ironman race where maybe the field's not quite so stacked I think if he has one, one really stonking race under his belt, um, he'll be on fire. You know, he, sh- he should be able to do something a bit like um, um, what Raylert does in Rote, you know, yep. swimming, biking off the front and then just cr- crushing it in general. He's strong enough across the board to do that. So um, fingers crossed he can do it. And as I said in the interview, you know, it'd be brilliant if we can get him and Bevan, you know, both in the top five, if not on the podium. Well, awesome. well, well, well let's be honest, he's still very young. You know, as yeah. you say, he's, well, he's 27. Yeah, 28. Well, but yeah, let's, you know, he's still got 10 yeah. years in the game. He's got a long time in yeah. the game where he can still get a lot faster. John, the question I have is, going back to Luke Bell's performance. So Luke Bell has won 14 70.3s over his career. He's had a couple of good Kona, you know, top 10s. You know, he's had some good Ironman races. Finally wins a race. Do we see a shift in what, you know, sometimes it's just that finally break that. Nah. So you don't have much faith in Luke Bell? No, he's a very, very good athlete, but I can't see. If, you, if you're talking like, is he now going to be able to go off and be a current contender in terms of a top three, top five? I don't know. My gut feeling says no, but I don't know. I'd love him to prove me wrong. Well, I wouldn't actually because I'm sick of all the bloody Aussies being on the podium. We need some, <laughs> we need some other nationalities <laughs> up there. We just lost all our Australian audience. Love you, Pete Jagers. Love you, Crowe and uh, Macca and that, but it's, it's, it's spread the love a little. Uh, I think Bell. I don't know if he could win Kona, but I definitely think he could see on a good day get top five. You know, fifth, sixth. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's doable. Big yeah. difference between fifth and sixth and being yeah, on the podium. Yeah, but the, you know, I can see him going on to win a lot more. I mean, you know, I think he's had a lot of injury issues over the years. Yeah, like he's 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 of that next pedigree. You know, maybe not the top top yet, but yeah. you know. So and yeah, so, um, John sponsor Bevan. Now you made it. You made a dramatic noise. You. <laughs> So having a discussion yesterday with uh, an athlete that I coach, uh, Moose Herring, about this weekend. I had him scheduled to That's do... That's a great name. Had him scheduled... Moose. Had is, that his, is that his real name? No, it's not. I wish it was. Maybe if you name your kid Moose. Um, so I had him scheduled down to do a, uh, I think, a 100-mile ride on Saturday. Do you call then, miles? Sorry? When I'm coaching athletes from stateside. Oh, you do go miles, do you? Yeah, yeah. Confused the hell out of me trying, it, trying to sort out paces and all that sort of stuff. I have all these different tables. Um... So I think I had him scheduled for yeah a big big long ride on Saturday and then a three hour ride on Sunday and we we're sort of having a discussion yesterday. Three hour ride on Sunday morning. Don't know why that. Don't I just don't think it's going to be possible. Do you know why? Wait a second. You didn't think it'd be possible to do no, that? No, I, I uh, we were discussing and he just said, look, I don't think I'm going to have the time to do that on a Sunday. Do you know why? Um, wait a second. It's either a marriage or a kid. No. 
Oh, wait a second. Why wouldn't we have to do it? Weakness. No. Um, you sort of you're on the right path there with your uh, your first line of thinking. Anniversary. Not quite. Birthday. Not quite. Oh, God. <laughs> um, um, Anniver- it's a type of anniversary day. Oh, is it like 4th of July or something? No, it's not 4th of July. Can't be 4th of May. Mother's Day. Oh, Mother's Day. Yeah. Mother's what Day. What have you got your mum for Mother's Day? Well, what I should get here is a Mother's Day roast from uh, Coffees of Hawaii. John, you've gone down my path here. Yeah. Uh, back again for a limited time in 2013. So your noise was... <gasps> Shit, I forgot about Mother's Day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet... Where, where do we go for Mother's Day roast? Uh, so Mother's Day roast, you go on coffeesofwai.com yep. and then you go buy online and then you've got limited edition coffees. Uh, so they've got a, an Ohau Peaberry. They've got the Mother's Day roast um, uh, with be- beans from the Big Island of Kona and Hilo dis- uh, the Kona Kioa and Hilo districts blended with spicy Katuai beans from Molokai and Maui. Sweetness with a subtle spice, just like mum or mom, mom for you Americans. Hey mom, hey do mom. Uh, so you can either use the code. One of the they've got codes on here. Um, mom at checkout. Um, it's not too late, guys. Two day delivery. Yeah, within or, the states. Or go to imtalk.me, click on the coffees of Hawaii logo, and that's got all the I am talk orders. So uh, yeah, they've got the the mom. Mother's Day roast. You've got the purely Hawaiian festival roast. I don't know if they've still got the Valentine's Day roast. It looks like they might do. And the Year of the Snake roast is still up there as well. So go on there, Coffees of Hawaii. Go buy online and then drop down into limited edition coffees. Guess what I'm getting with my mum. What are you getting your mum? Susan Prentice. You didn't even know it was. Did, you are. No, well, I don't know. It was a Sunday to be honest. But yeah. she, my mum told me, give me Susan Prentice. Belinda met your mum the other day. Oh, she did too. She did her eyes. She's doing the rise. Yeah. She, she was very excited about it. My mum's very excited. Yeah. Yep, she is. My mum's yeah. an athlete because all she was worried about is can I still run? Mm. That, was, that was all she cared about. So if you want, if anybody in New Zealand want to get your eyes lasered, best, you best, place, best place in New Zealand, Fenwick and Eye Clinic, Based la- on what? lasik.co.nz, best surgeon done gazillions. Gazillion? They, they, yeah, they, wow. get, they, they get all the newest equipment in, in, almost in Southeast Asia. They must Asia. suck in an industry like that because you, you, know, you must invest so much for your equipment and yeah. then two years later you've got to buy the newer yeah. stuff. It's millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And, uh, well, it's not a cheap procedure. Yeah. What does it cost to get your eyes done? Uh, I think it's about six grand. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. For what you get. When, like, you, when you... When you when you lay it all out over the lifetime, you're a bit blind. Will you get your eyes done? Not, not really. Allergy. Mine's just driving glasses. Uh, okay. So I'm fine about from that. Um, so check it out, coffeesofway.com. If you need your eyes lasered, go to lasik.co.nz. The funny thing is, is Joe. Oh, what, what, what are we talking about coffees of Hawaii here? Yeah, we're, we're done with coffees of Hawaii. Oh, okay, coffees of Mother's Day. Yeah. Joe wears glasses and she looks pretty hot in her glasses. She's got that kind of sophisticated, you know, classy looking woman look. I love that Joe's so classy because I'm really not. Mm. And I feel I'm betting about my league, but that's all good. If she were to lose her glasses, I'd be a bit gutted. It's, it's a different look. Yeah, yeah, like she's beautiful without her glasses, don't get me wrong, but mm. but I kind of like the glasses. But she'd, she'd be liberated without them, I think. Belinda finds that. She, Belinda, I, 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 Joe can't get the operation. Why oh, can she not? No. Tell her to go see Belinda. I'm sure she can. Well, 6,000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> if you wanted to, I would be, I'd be happy for you to do it, John. Um, got Dylan McNeese coming up now. So I had a quick chat with him uh, talking about Challenge uh, Taiwan and his crushing victory and uh, where he's heading to next. That's coming up now. Okay, Dylan McNeese, champion, undefeated, I man. Undefeated, that is No one's good. ever beaten him. No. He's retired now, he'll be best ever. Do you know what? Nobody. I mean, no, he did get caught a little bit in Wanaka on the run and got passed. I was about to say he's never been. He nobody's ever been in front of him in an Ironman. That'd be pretty cool as well. Yeah, he should retire now. Mm. Retire on top. Okay, here we go. Here's Dylan. All right, we've got uh, a man who has won his first two races over the Iron Distance back on the show. He was on live a few, well, in, in person a few weeks ago and um, after Wanaka, and now he's back again after Challenge Taiwan. So welcome back to the show, Dylan McNeese. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me back. Um, obviously, we're going to go into your outstanding race in a moment, but um, I don't think a lot of people are pretty keen to hear how, how things are like in, in Asia, and, and, and obviously this is a new race, and the pictures certainly look pretty spectacular. So maybe um, fill us in a, a bit about the um, the course and the, the swim, bike, and run part of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw, you know, um, when Challenge Taiwan was announced and I looked at the some of the uh, sort of race um, course footage and stuff, you kind of, you saw the footage and you didn't really think it looked like Asia. And uh, when I arrived, it was exactly how that footage made it look. Like you're, you're on the coast, you've got surf breaks um, on one side and you've got these massive mountains on the other. And that bike course is really something, it's it's scenic, it's fast, it's, um, you know, it's rolling, it's, it's really an awesome bike course. The swim, I, I guess I missed the swim there, but the swim's, you know, just just a standard, a pretty pretty standard swim, and, and the run's quite cool. It runs through the city. Um, you run along sort of a old railway track that's now like a sort of a wooded um, track, and that's for about half the run. The other half of the run, you're running through sort of parks and and sort of main streets. So it's it's actually a really awesome race, and it's it's definitely not what you expect when you come to a uh, race in Asia, say something like uh, Singapore 70.3 or anything. So it really is an, an awesome course and it's, you know, I think anyone that comes here will be quite surprised at how, how scenic and how awesome it is. And did the locals get into it much? Yeah, there was actually quite a few out there. I mean, a lot of them probably didn't know what was going on to, to begin with, but, you know, the lap was, uh, the, the run was sort of a three-lap course kind of thing, so... By the third lap, everyone was into it, and there was plenty of people down at the, the finish line supporting everyone. So, yeah, I, I think they enjoyed it, and you know the region is known for its its um its sports in Taiwan, so that they were right behind it. And um and in terms of you know logistically getting there, obviously you know we're in the bottom of the world coming from New Zealand, but um is it relatively easy to get there? Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Um. Getting into Taipei is obviously pretty easy. It's a pretty major airport. Um, and then you've got the option you can drive, but coming over, uh, if you drive, you're coming over almost 4,000-metre mountains. So <laughs> um, it's, it's quite a drive. It's about six hours, I think. You can catch a train, yeah, which is also about six, or you just jump on a, a flight from the local city airport or, or the major airport in Taipei City, and um, it's only about an hour flight. So, you know, it's it's pretty accessible cool so obviously you know in terms of your race you, you spank the living daylights out of the swim as usual did, did you take the the sort of usual approach that you did you know just sort of get out and get into a steady routine and, and people probably look at your swim time and think oh he was absolutely smashing it but did you sort of just take it fairly steady in the swim um 
you know, I, I, I actually really felt quite a bit of pressure coming in to this race um, to perform, and I, I probably swam harder than in, in Wanaka, and it was a non-wetsuit swim, so, right. you know, I think I think to swim 47 non-wetsuit is, for me, is, is actually swimming quite solidly, and that's how I felt I was swimming. Um, so, so, yeah, it was it was quite a solid swim. And the bike, you know, I mean, the, the bike times look really fast. So I guess the first people, the question people are going to ask if it was accurate or if it's just a, a really fast course. Um, it's it was accurate. I think it was 179. I think the guys got it on their, their yeah. Garmin's and stuff. Cool. Um, but it was fast. It's uh, it's you know, Wanaki, you you get a lot of points where you're riding really hard or you're riding really easy. But here it's quite consistent. You're all, you're always pushing and. And the roads are really good, really smooth. So, you know, of course, that adds to the, the quickness of the course. Um, I, you know, coming off the bike, I was actually a bit worried because I felt like I'd rid, ridden too hard to hold hold the gap. But, you know, once again, that pressure sort of came into it and I really wanted to get off the bike with a, a little bit of a buffer to, to try and find my run legs. So, you know, at the end of the day, I thought I'd ridden too hard, but um, coming off, I, I didn't really feel like that. So, in terms of the course on the bike, just just you know, you sort of see the bit bit of rolling, so but nothing nothing scary out there. It was, it was pretty constant. Yeah, nothing scary really at all. It's it's pretty constant. There's not a lot of flat, but there's a lot of you know false flats up and down. So um, you're always working. Um, honestly, really beautiful course. Always always along the coast. Um, you know, you've got the honestly the surf breaks out of one one eye and the mountains and the other. So it, it was a great course. And um, in, in terms of your approach to the bike, was it was it pretty similar to, to what you did in, in Wanaka or did you did you change things up at all? Um, it was I guess it was it was similar. Like in Wanaka I just hoped that I could, you know, have a good ride and, and hold on. Um, here, like I said, the pressure was there and I, I felt that that's what I kinda had to do. So um, I had the guys at basically three minutes back the entire ride and, you know, I, I felt like I was being chased the whole time and, and I kind of rode like that too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and, uh, and I, you know, I think, I think I saw the split was at 2.54 on the run. Um, you know, that's, that's not too shabby. It's a bit, a little bit, a little bit quicker from memory than what you did in Wanaka. Um, sound yep. like the wheels fell off a little bit there in the last sort of 5k or so, but, but other than that, were you pretty happy with how it went? Yeah, I was very happy. Um, I got off the bike and I, and I had some good legs straight away, so that was good. And the plan, you know, my, my plan changed a little bit from the Wanaka race plan, and I decided to uh, just run run quite a steady first hour and, and just find some rhythm. And I think I held that gap, that three-minute gap, back to the other two for, for that first hour. And then, you know, a lot like Wanaka, I decided that that middle hour was, was where I had to win the race, so I, I started to pick it up. And uh, I managed to sort of extend that lead out to about ten minutes, I think. So by the time I heard that, within you know about an hour of running to go, um, I was I'd been having a few stomach problems, and I was sort of you know my stomach was not handling the nutrition too well. So I uh, I took the time to back off, and uh, I I couldn't get any more nutrition in. So that's when the, the cramps. By the time I hit that five k to go, the cramps sort of started to kick in. And, the body was shutting down a bit, but you know I'd sort of done the damage I guess earlier on, and I was lucky enough to have that buffer and be able to just um, 
just yeah, get to the finish line, I guess. You must be pretty stoked with eight eighteen. That's I mean, I mean, obviously it sounds like the bike course was was pretty fast, but um, yeah, that's a non wetsuit swim, and I mean, um, did you? I, mean, I know when you're going into a into a race that's got no history at all, you don't really know what sort of time you're going to do. But um, eight eighteen is pretty solid. Yeah, I was I was completely amazed to be honest. I knew the bike course would be fast, but I, I didn't really know how fast. Um, I think what I'm I'm happiest about is that I. You know, I had put that pressure on myself, and and of course there was probably a bit of pressure from from outside sources too, and, and that was completely justified. So yeah. I was just really happy to race at what I felt was a probably a higher, much higher intensity than Wanaka, yeah. um, and and just hold on. So uh, yeah, eight eight eighteen or whatever was at the end of the day. I really didn't care. I just wanted to cross that finish line, but I was, I was really happy to break that eight, that eight twenty barrier. Nice. So I mean, um, yeah, obviously now you've got two two races under your belt. After, but before that first one, you didn't even know if you were going to be doing triathlon on, um, afterwards. I mean, um, how are you enjoying the long distance stuff now? You know, it's 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 all good and well going out there and winning races, and uh, and you know you're obviously getting some nice paychecks, which is which is fantastic. But I mean, are you um, you know in terms of your enjoyment level, are you, are you liking it more than the Olympic distance, or what's your sort of feeling around you know the training and and the style of racing that you? doing yeah um i love it i really do um wanaka i just i just couldn't believe how much i enjoyed it you know i didn't enjoy that last two hours of the run but yeah i enjoyed the build-up i really enjoyed the race to be honest i i didn't enjoy this race as much um just because i, I like i said i felt like i raced harder um uh, i felt like i always had those people sort of biting at my heels and and um and so in, in that regard, I, I felt like I was racing, you know, just I, just I was just racing harder, so there's less time to enjoy it. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I love the training and the build-up. Um, yeah, it's obviously great to, to finally get some sort of income coming in. Mm. Um, but all in all, you know, it's one day every three or four months, I guess, and, and I'm really happy to, to do the training to get to that one day in, in 100% condition and and on the day, you've just got to get through it, I guess. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, the, the first two races you've had, you know, um, there's been some quality guys in the field, you know, obviously in, in Wanaki you had um, Macca and you had, you had Rhodesy and Jamie White and, and you had some, 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 some decent guys in there this time around as well. But but Rote's going to be a totally different kettle of fish, you know. You're going to have, uh, you obviously, you're, you're more than likely be leading out of the swim or, or, or very close to it. But it's going to be, you know, you're going to have a pack of guys swarming in behind you, you know, looking for the for the eight-hour barrier and things like that. Is yeah, are, are you are you nervous about Monica? I mean, about um, about Rote and, and how that's going to pan out? Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I think for me, Taiwan was almost more important than than Wanaka. You know, I, I got that first win. Um, I really, for my own sake, I needed to get this win more than the the Wanaka one, I guess. Uh, Roth, like you said, you know it's that's the real that's when it, the pressure's really on, and and um, that'll be sort of the for me the final proof. If I can perform there, then you know I think I can perform um, in almost any any race, I guess. Yeah. You know because it is is really going to be a race. It's not I can't see myself doing what I've done at Wanaka and and here and Roth, like you say. You know it's 
there's going to be guys chasing you and and I don't think I'm going to get that luxury now. I yeah. think uh, I'm going to perhaps get chased down and, and there's going to be the guys in, in, in Roth to do that. So, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. Your guess is as good as mine what is really going to happen and I guess we'll just have to, have to wait and see. Oh, I think you'd be the first Kiwi to break the sub-hour barrier, eight-hour barrier. That that would be um, <laughs> pretty magical. I, I, that, that you know, there'd be an absolute dream come true that that eight-hour barrier. So so share some love um, with your sponsors. I know you've um, you know, you've got a few guys helping us out, helping out. So uh, anybody anybody new come on board since um, since you're the fanfare in Wanaka? Uh yeah, I um, recently signed with Specialized. Um, you know, I had some back problems in, in uh, Wanaka and I was trying to sort that out. And when I signed to Specialized, they also do the, the body geometry fit. And, you know, um, come come the end of the bike uh, yesterday, I, I got off the bike with no back issues. So for me, that was uh, that was a massive help. And, you know, the guys down at Chain Reaction in Christchurch, they're the ones that did the fit and they knew what they're doing and, and it really worked out well. Um of course, Brock's running. You know, I really believe in you've got to find your own shoe. Yeah. And uh, Brock's Brock's works for me, and I, I I don't get get injured. Touch wood. Um. So I love their shoes, and I've been lucky enough to sign with Profile Design too for wheels and bars, and and those they were great on race day. Um, Rudy Project, awesome helmets and glasses, and and High Five Nutrition. You know, Dan and Christchurch looks after me awesomely well, and. You know, that's a massive part of, of racing an iron distance race and, and I'm lucky enough that I can their stuff is uh really easy to stomach and I think, you know, at the end of the day that makes one of the biggest differences in how, how well you perform overall. Nice. So you've uh is part partying up tonight, is it obviously we're recording this on uh <laughs> on on Monday, sort of the or Sunday, the day after the race. Is is it party time tonight? Uh, we're actually flying. We're still at the local um, the race site in Taitung, and we're flying back to um, Taipei tonight. And I think we're going to head down to the night markets around there and, and have a look around. Party time. I've got no idea what's happening. I guess we'll we'll find out when we get there. But I'll definitely have a have a few beers to celebrate. Awesome. Uh, it was bloody good to see you doing well, Dylan. So uh, congratulations and. Uh, Look forward to seeing you back in Christchurch and uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, how you shake things up and wrote. So thanks very much for your time. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. John Boo, what do you think of Dylan? Great. Yep. I'm, I'm so happy for him. Yeah, and uh, but it all started at the House of Travel Triathlon Festival, Christchurch Casino Elite Cup. And I think I remember I was commentating that race. You did? You were? Yeah. 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 No, uh, seriously, was it? that was uh, it, <laughs> it was a bit of a breakthrough. I was like, look watching him race and it was that was a big step up and then he's just kept on going because he got sick in that day didn't he but he, did. he was with a guy who yeah Mike Phillips who was, who was, who was running really really well and uh, normal circumstances I would have thought Dylan would have lost more time than that but he's just um, stepped up it's great but it's cool because you've kind of seen Dylan in the local scene over the last few years and you know he's a great athlete but you kind of never saw him really kind of take the next step and you know he's gone to a new distance and Jeepers Creepers is working out for him, isn't it? He's, he's doing so well. Yeah, and I'll be really excited to see what he does in road. Yeah, bring it on, Dylan. Great work, mate. Keep it up. Um, we're not doing Coach's Corner because we've already done an hour 40. Yep. So, yeah. John, what's, we'll leave it to next week. Questions and answers. Okay. Um, and we're doing Iron Man Lanzarote's coming up in a couple of weeks, but uh, Rob, the Essex Buccaneer, McRitchie, said, in your Iron Man Lanza preview in the next week or so, can you give a sh- shout-out to the... Wait a second. Last week I was going to do this, and you told me, no, 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 wait, 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 till when we're doing the race, and now you're doing it early. 
Oh, well. I'll take, I'll take the claim. <laughs> All right, Brussels sprout. <laughs> Do you want to read it out then? No, you read it. I'm, I'm Give a shout sorry. out to the Pirate Ship of Fools. I thought we were going to be short on content, but we're not. So I'll put it on there. <laughs> the Pirate Ship of Fools, it's Operation Extravalanza. Extravalanza. The pirates had 19 brave souls enter. We have lost a few along the way. Well, that's what happens when you're a pirate. Uh, if you fall off the wagon, but you keep pushing on through. But it's still going to be a pirate party in the Puerta del Carmen, yes. assuming we don't get blown off the bike or fried on the run. Bring it on, Orange Cannon, the pirate, a.k.a. Rob the Essex Buccaneer. Yeah, go the pirates. We love you guys. Okay, Richard Swan or Swanee Noah. God, he's got a lot of mentions on the show too. He is, isn't he? Bloody Wellingtonians. He was just saying that I was talking about um, Aaron, Baker. Aaron Baker's time or what she did for, and he sent through a great document, eh? That was a cool document, eh? So it's got basically all New Zealand's track and field. It was only the females, but. All, no, there'll be another page somewhere. Yeah, the for the men, but the one we sent through was, and um, as of April 21st, 2013, and if we go to Erin Baker's 10,000 metre performance, uh, mile. She ranks 32.43. On the 9th of December, 1989, 32.43. It's official, Bevan. Erin um, Baker is a faster runner than me. It's, it's still the 12th fastest of all time. Well, you look at these dates here. I mean, uh, take out Kim Smith out of here, who's our current fastest runner. Um, she's around 30.35. Was it 89? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly, was that when she was going for the Commonwealth Games? I assume so. No, because it wasn't the Commonwealth Games. It was it 1990? It was too, wasn't it? Yep. But I remember Erin, when we discussed it with her, she had about three or four other excellent runners in her era. So she, that may have been a qualifying standard, but she had three or four other very, very good runners. Yeah, Lorraine Muller. Yeah, in that same era. So Not Nina Carroll. The other interesting thing that, that came up from this was uh, Kate McElroy, who's um, you know, uh, either, you'd probably say she's our second-ranked um, female short, ITU short-course athlete. Her fastest time in... 2005 was uh, is this in what distance 10k 33.17 oh wow so she's still so, not as fast yeah so she, she's not as fast but what's interesting yeah, sometimes you see these times being batted around um, on the, the ITU circuit um, and they just seem a little bit quicker and when you look at these fresh times you're going mm, I wonder how accurate those courses are but I guess I, I guess I'm not sure if all these times are track times or whether they're just straight 10Ks. Swanee, go do your research. Tell us if these are straight track times because it is different running on the track as opposed yeah. to... Because you've got corners every, every, all the whole time. Whereas if you just do a straight 10K, you know, 5K out, 5K yeah, back, but straight line running... Difference? Oh, yeah, it really affects your speed. You know, not noticeably, but you, know, you do 25 laps of the track, it's, it's, it's slower. So it's interesting. So then do they have a fastest world record for just a straight run? In comparison to a track, like the, 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 it has to be it has to be IAAF certified 10k. Yeah, but when we go to the fastest 10k ever, it's always going to be on a track, isn't it? Uh, don't know. Well, the records will say that, won't it? Don't know. I don't know. That, that's my question. My question is because really, if you're saying that, then why don't they have a straight race? They may do. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I'm, they, they, I'm sure they would have rules in terms of grading. You know, they don't recognise Boston because yeah, it's yeah, downhill, yeah, yeah. so it'd have to be a 10,000. But, Flat you know, because I'm pretty sure when you look at the records, it's guys on track. You're probably quite right. Yeah, and so we'll surely get a faster time if it's just straight, if you're saying... I would have thought so. But then they condition themselves. Oh, who cares? Um, John, question. We've got Tony Hodge. She's not very... She's pretty hard on you, she is. Oh, right. She's got here, John. Poor form, John. Shame <laughs> on you. Last week, you were talking about Challenge Kins. It's coming up. It's Andrew Messick's going to be angry for you, John, because oh. it's she spluttered her coffees of Hawaii all over the table. 
Because it's Iron Man Kings, John. It is. Yeah. Challenge started though. Sort, sort your crap out. I'll probably I'll probably call um, Iron Man. Uh, I'll probably call Challenge Penticton um, Iron Man Canada later this year as well. John, what I'd love to know is what happened with the court case. How much money did Challenge end up getting? I've got no idea. I wish I knew that one. John, let's do another thing. Porno sent through a good article that a guy from New Zealand Herald had been taking some peds. Oh, I heard vaguely heard this on the radio. Mm, mm. There's, a, there's a video clip on there. I'll put it on dub, 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 I'm talk, dot me. Three part story of him taking it's good good piece. The only thing is he wasn't much of an athlete and he was talking about how it really increased his performance. I'd love to have seen a good local athlete do it. You know, he was just kind of like the average Joe Public who does a bit of weight training with his PT and uh and it was it's really interesting. What was interesting is how easy it was for him to get it. Mm, and I think from what I heard on the radio it was pretty inexpensive as well. Yeah. So I've actually booked some myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. On Can you tell I've got massive overnight? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'll put an article. I'll put a link to that on top of time. If you want to check it. But out. I mean, the, the the art of taking drugs is a taking the right drugs, but B doing it in a way where you're not going to get caught. So it might be really cheap to do it that way. Well, yeah, but if you're a local athlete, you just want to be the hero of the local town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different story. You know, like how many age groupers are doing it? Mm, mm. You know, if this guy's getting on there, it's pretty cheap and mm. and it's pretty accessible, and you. The, 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 the much better article I thought. Well, I haven't actually seen this one, but the outside sport one where the guy was really good, yeah. he was sort of a, a reasonable local level cyclist, yep. and and then he saw the, the boost from that. John, so. the, the, the interesting question around drugs and is it overall discussion is when do we actually we as a humans accept that drugs and you know enhance life and it just becomes a way of living life? You know, like if we look at. There's a great documentary, Biggest, Faster, Stronger, whatever, and the guy, um, it wasn't, or whatever, but, um, and the guy, there was the real discussion is that it does seem that there's, there is value to having drugs in society, you know, and, um, and there's ways that we can use drugs to enhance life, it seems, and, um, you know, eventually it may be that we just always use drugs as a way to... But all these cheaping bastards, they're not just, they're taking a lot of them. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I, you know, these guys are playing with outside the rules. Mm. But what, you know, let's say we, we as, a, as a kind of, so it becomes socially accepted that, you know what, I'm going to take PEDS as a way to make myself, be, and, and, and they can figure out that it's not harmful for you long term. Mm. When does that moment happen and, and what happens in society when that happens? Because I, I do see a future where that may be the case. I don't like your future. Well, no, but you look at, you look at, like in the Outlook Outlook magazine mm. article, he talks about the doctor he saw. Um, the doctor he saw was was basically an anti aging doctor, and all the celebrities would go see him, and and he'd see that like he had a scar on his face, and the scar disappeared. You know, the drugs were that phenomenal. So there's a certain level of society who are using these drugs to for youthfulness, and if we look at a lot, a lot of testosterone replacement, that's a lot about keeping yourself young. Mm-hmm. When does that become the norm, and when that becomes the norm? Oh, you're going so deep here, Bevan. Well, you're going so deep. Well, I just you know that's how I roll, John. Yeah. You know, and I just you know what happens in sport in that situation, and mm. you know like. It's, it's you know human performance, John. I'm, just, I'm a deep thinker. Fascinating. Okay, you, last sponsor. Um, we're talking to Yoga Sync. We're talking to Yoga Sync. So that's coming up now. We're having a quick interview with Yoga Sync. So here it is. Good times, rock and roll. Right. This week we have the yoga guru. The, the guru that actually does the, the yoga on the uh, on yoga sync. Uh, John called her a model. We we're talking a minute ago. We we're saying, oh, you know, we just wanted to establish who she was within, you know, with yoga sync. And John goes, "Are you the model?" I'm John. She's the instructor. Well, I don't think people are going to be complaining when they get called models. Yeah, I don't know. Model has that not that intelligent kind of 
thought, whereas no, she looks majorly intelligent. You just said that. No, <laughs> I am a model, so I, I, I battle with this every day. So, Sasha, welcome along to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks. It's good to be here. Um, we've talked to Alan a couple of times um, about bits and bobs from you know, a general sort of yoga things, but one thing I was really keen to get your opinion on is, uh, I don't know, for, for the newbies, because, and we'll come on to it in a moment, uh, you've got a new series that's come out, but just some, some key things for, for newbies to focus on when they're, they're first starting their yoga, especially given that they're not going to be in a class set up if they're doing yoga sync, and, and maybe just a few pointers you can give them um, on things they can focus on. And, and, yes. and maybe, sorry, on top of that, is yep. for our audience as well, because we're going to mm-hmm. have guys who are pretty, you know, that athletes, you know, it's not going to be people yes. who are total non-exercisers. Yes. Hmm. So, so f- yeah. far away, yeah. What, what are some key things you see? Okay, well, um, firstly, you know, because I, as well as being the model on Yoda, Yoga Sync, yeah. I've also, um, I teach as well, So and I've taught for 10 years, so I have um, taught many different people, I've taught athletes, I've taught the complete beginner, the complete unfit. Um, One of the biggest things that I get for people, um, beginners, is they're always really fired up once they decide they're going to start their yoga practice. They're all fired up and they're ready to go and then they're wanting to do it every day, you know, that's their sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, if I, you know, five times a week, will that be enough? And um, so one of the biggest things I say to them is just set realistic goals, so start with small achievable goals and um, that you actually can do because it's, you know, it's a step-by-step process and um, I know your listeners out there, you know, I know they do a lot of training and I know they are used to sticking to their goals but um, if they're new to yoga, I think it's a good one is just to set small but realistic goals. Mm, great. Um, mm. What about, you know, Breathing is obviously a big important part of the of, of the yoga routine as well, and, and I think that's an area where people struggle with a lot. Yes, and interesting enough, I find that, um, well, with everybody in my classes, it's always a reminder, remember to breathe, but particularly people who are used to pushing their bodies and, you know, working their bodies hard, that is one thing that they do forget, is do forget to breathe. Um, so, you know, when you're in the postures, always, you know, once you're in there and you've gone through the alignment cues, remembering to breathe, and it is all the way through yoga sync, but it is an important one to remember. And also with that, um, and I'm sure your listeners are those kind of people that will push themselves in the posture. And we talk a lot about working your edge. So you go into the pose and you go to your edge, but you don't want to you don't want to push it so much that you can't actually breathe or you've stopped breathing. So that's a really good indication that you're working too hard. Because mm-hmm. if we do, like I know for me, that's the thing is, you know, when it comes to exercise, I like to bring intensity to it. And so when you mm. do yoga, you know, that awareness you're trying to get through your body, you're trying to really push that. And I do find at times I'm kind of, I'm going to more to a tense, pl- a tense place than kind of rela- a release place. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that is common. People that, as I said, people that do like to push themselves, and it's not that you don't want to be working in the posture. You definitely do, but if you can't, like, if I'm demonstrating a posture, if I can't talk when I'm in it, which is an indication, if I'm being able to talk, I can breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a clear indication that I'm not working too hard. So we call it playing your edge. You don't want to sort of be flopping around <laughs> and not working, but you know, you want to be playing your edge in between mm-hmm. the two, and and you get to know that the more that you do practice. Mm. And then you'll be able to take that off the mat, you know, into your sport as well, you know, that remembering to breathe and being able to stay calm in stressful situations. 
Um, and I love this. Al sent me through a point um, of practicing the poses you like least, and this is something that's applicable to, to triathlon <laughs> across all sports. Is uh, often people do the things that, that they like the most and they enjoy the most, whereas they're yeah. often going to get more bang for their buck if they do the things that they like least. Yes, yes. So that was one of the points that I'd written down that I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Definitely, um, yeah, you definitely want to practice the poses that you don't like the most, you know. Um, so often for athletes, it's tight hamstrings. They don't really want to do the hamstring work. Um, but they're the poses that you need to be getting on the mat and doing, you know, every time, every time that you practice. And slowly over time, um, that will change, you know, or it could be your shoulders or whatever it is for you, but definitely practice the poses that you like the least. When, when you first start out, how do you know for the beginner what kind of poses you should be aiming for or should you just go for more of a general all-round workout? Well, Bevan, you've just, you've just led straight into the next Oh, have I? Topic, Jeez, I'm sharp. I don't read the tips, you see. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you could, by, doing, by answering that, you could sort of start to explain um, the new beginners um, sort of series that you've got on Yoga Sync. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, yeah, so when you start out, it is, you know, if you're new to yoga, it's very difficult to know, well, what should I be practicing and what shouldn't I be practicing? And that's why people either A, go to a class or B, they come to Yoga Sync. And that's one of the reasons why we've built this beginners uh, series because it um, – Every single sync or class that you'll do in the beginner series, it's it's a general workout. So it will work your whole entire body. So there'll be no sort of questions left or should I be doing this or shouldn't I do that? Or there's you can't really avoid what you don't like and just do what you do like because it's all in there. Mm. And, and so how, how long is the whole beginner series? You know, from, I mean, I know in terms of length of workouts and then also sort of how many weeks does it does it run over? Um, it goes, it's a, it's a three month series. So, um, and it, you know, the practices increase. So I think the first one, um, 15 or 20 minutes to start off with, just to give people a gentle introduction and also often beginners and when people are practicing at home, they don't have, you know, an hour or an hour and a half to be on their mat. So, um, and we always say it's better to do a shorter amount more regularly than, say, do, you know, one hour a week. So you're better off to do 20 minutes three times a week than mm. one hour once a week. So it's a really good introduction. It sort of gets you through that, you know, the beginner's enthusiasm when they first start and then sort of takes you through that second month where people are sort of starting to drop off and then sort of continues on from there. And once you've sort of done three months with us, then you'll be more confident in knowing what you can and can't do and more confident in being able to look around the rest of the site and um, there's some other great practices on there. So it's pretty easy to find guys, you basically go to yogasync.tv and then on, <clears throat> along the top there there's a, yoga, a button called Yoga Syncs drop down there and it's got a course and then it's basically the, the beginners courses in there. So anything else Sasha you wanted to, to point out to listeners? Um, I guess the biggest thing um, that I just wanted to talk about as well with when you're practicing is just to listen to your own body and that's a key when you, you don't have a teacher there watching you so it's really important that you're listening to your own body and the postures and um, you know when I'm not hooked up to proprioceptors I'm just the model there <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you know you've got to know when you know how much to push and when to back off yeah. So that, you know, you're, you're in a place where you can get back on the mat the next day or in the next couple of days. Mm. Bevan, she called herself a model there. 
Yeah, she did. You're right. You're right. You she, she is a model. Yeah, that's right. She's the model I'm a, example. I'm I'm a, I'm a woman of many hats. Model is just one of my hats. Model one thing, teacher. One one thing. You know, like, I, I, I do a lot of teaching myself. And one thing that Yoga Sync do really well is is they, they take you through the poses, and uh, there's a lot of description. You've scripted this yourself, so you you know you know what I'm talking about. But yes. um, but then they also show you the benefits of why you're doing the poses, which mm. I think really adds values for, you know, for the user. And you just do a really good job of doing that, I think. Mm. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's what we were aiming for so that people, you know, they could go through the practice and not be having to look at the video or the screen the whole time that you can, you know, just listen to the audio and, and know where you're going. And, and, um, students do love to know the benefits. Why am I doing this posture? Mm. Mm. Awesome, guys. So you check it out at yogasync.tv and, uh, and get on it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, okay, team, so we're back. John's going to have a look at um, Ironman finishes, but before we do, we're going we're to see if we've got some Ironman finishes on there, which we probably have here because we haven't done it for a while. But before we do, we're going to have to blend the challenge. What, sorry? We're going to do the blend the challenge because oh, Joe yeah, has to yeah, go. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay. So how are we going to do this? Well, I mean, I've got some fruit here. Why don't we bring both our blenders in here now? You get your blender set up. It's going to be pretty noisy. We're going to have to be a bit careful. No, we won't, we, won't, we won't record when we're pushing it on, but we'll put yeah. all the ingredients in. Yeah. So you get your blender set up, and I'll talk about you doing your blender. Do you want me to get the names, or do you want me to do my blender? Oh, well, can't you do two things at once? I You're a typical man, you are. You're a typical man. I cannot multitask. Okay, pause the show. Let's get the blenders out. Okay, blenders are coming. Oh, mine's already ready. Mine doesn't take long. Here we go. Okay, team, so you may hear some background noises right now. John's in my kitchen. He's looking like the, the good woman that he is, and he's chopping up the – what are you chopping up now, mate? He's got the pears. He's chopping up pears. And he didn't get pineapple from a tin. He's actually got real pineapple. What are you thinking, Joe? Oh, I think it's going to taste it's going, Well, he's got celery, babe. It's going to taste like crap. So he's now chopping up – what are you chopping up now, mate? Pineapple. Pineapple. He's got, so you've got pineapple. Do you actually buy real pineapples, do you? Real pineapple. Real pineapple is <laughs> – do you, take, do you keep the middle bit in there? No. Oh, good. That's good. No, he takes the middle bit out. No, my bananas. No, his banana was weak, so we actually used one of my real bananas, which proved to be a good strategy after all. So he's got banana, he's got cucumber, he's got pineapple, celery, and a pear. Anything else? You do put water in there, do you? Yeah. Did you? I haven't got ice. You want me to put some frozen berries in there? Because the flavor's not that good. Okay, anyway, I'm going to be back in a second, guys. There was just a little bit of an update. Okay, so we'll, we'll bring it. We'll be back in a second. And what we'll do is we'll have the, um, we'll put the blenders on and you'll hear the background noise. Here we go. We're back in a second. Okay, so we're back in the, we're, we're kind of in the studio. So we've brought the blenders into it. We've taken a photo and Jombo's got his blender first. He's going to go first and I'm going to do a commentary on his. And then I'm going to go second and he's going to do a commentary on mine. Okay, John, you ready? He's turned the blender on. Starting to do something. John's not doing anything. What's happening? It's not blending. I need a shake. <laughs> He's going to shake it up. It's not blending. It's not blending. It's not blending at all. with laughter so it did blend eventually but it did take a couple shakes just needed three shakes <laughs> just needed three 
Jeez. You may laugh now. Wait till okay, you wait. see what happens. Now my yours. turn. John's going to commentate on mine. Wait a second. Okay. Oh. So, so wait. Oh, what's he doing? What's oh, he doing now? No, no, you can't. I'm going to do mine. Okay. Jeepers, creepers. Okay, wait a second. So here we go. I'm going to go do mine. John's going to commentate. It's just a nice, gentle, gentle green colour. There's quite a bit of fruit in there. Not enough water. There's no blending going on with Bevins either. There's no, ble- there's no blending. He's shaking. It's just not happening. Oh, no, he is getting a little bit of movement now. Yeah, he's movement. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Oh, it's done a lot better than I thought it was going to do. I'm interested to see. Yeah, a little bit longer. A little bit longer. He's, got, he's actually got, it's performed better. Let's see what the consistency is like when it comes out. Oh, he's given a little extra pulse. A little extra pulse. Okay, here we go. Okay. We're coming, team. We're coming. Okay. Okay. This is great podcasting. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. I have to say, that was the highlight of my day. <laughs> that was the highlight. Okay. So Bevins did perform better than okay. I expected. It did perform better than expected. I don't Wait, so you're going to pour in mine now? I think I've wasted $500. <laughs> Do you want to try mine? Or just you try mine? Okay, we're going to share the same cup. Okay, that's all right. I haven't got any bogeys. Okay. It's not bad. Not bad. It tastes bad. the celery pretty strong in there. Yeah, you can taste celery. I have to admit, there are a little celery bits in there. <laughs> What's that there? What's that there? It's pineapple or celery? A pineapple. Okay. We're just going to taste this. I know this is yep. amazing podcasting. Yeah. again. Okay, here's my here's my honest okay. conclusion. Yeah, yours probably breaks it down a little bit better. It does, but I don't know if it's five hundred. <laughs> no, I, I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> I, need, because I need some harsher ingredients for you. They did do well with the celery. I was I thought the celery was going to be the crunch. Sixty nine dollars, John. Sixty nine dollars. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, I'm still happy with my smoothie. I, I I think I think if we're going to be honest, I think you lost the blender challenge. Uh, I think I produced a better smoothie. I think slightly better, but not not hugely better. Not hugely definitely better. mine's got strains in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mine says little strains. Yours is more consistent. Mm. If we throw a bit of ice, a bit of frozen stuff in there, yours might struggle a bit more, but it did perform pretty well. Yeah, pretty happy with that, John. Good. I have to say, the fact that it took you three times to get yours going was a highlight. You were shaking yours like crazy. Oh, admittedly, I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that, was good. that was gold, but there, you go. So there we go. So for those who are looking at buying a new blender, what would be your advice, John? Go down the $69 <laughs> route first, see what you like of the consistency. But mine does pretty good. If, if that's the thing. If you're not going for really harsh um, frozen stuff, that pre- did perform better than I thought it would. We're both pretty happy, John. Yeah. We're both pretty happy. And we've now got good smoothies to, to finish off. The it's actually day. not that bad. The celery's not that bad. Yeah, the celery's pretty harsh, though. Mm. <laughs> no, do that a bit louder, a bit closer to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Last week, John did the crunch. This week, I do this. Sorry. John sponsors. I'm just trying to be. I'm multitasking again here, Bevan. Uh, Coffeesofway.com. Um, Mother's Day. Uh, who else do we have on today? We haven't talked about athletes yet. Athletes. No, we've only got to. We only have four sponsors per oh, show. Oh, okay. So we, we athletes regular sponsor, but we're only doing Not four, today. four, okay, four adverts per show. So who else do we have? Uh, we extreme had... endurance. Yes. Um, John Hancock uses it. Mm-hmm. 
New sponsor, Endurance Junkie. Endurance Junkie. Get some really cool Merino dry gear. Okay. And then we had Yoga Sync on. I'm gonna, I've got to do some yoga tonight. I'm getting slack on my yoga. John, I do, I do it all the time. I know. I'm doing four sessions a week at the moment. Good on you. I yeah, wish I was and do you know what? Me. I've had no injuries this year. Mm. I've had no injuries and I've been doing strength work because last year I had an injury year and I was just like always on the back foot. This year, I've, you know, I've been training just as hard as I normally do. Well, not as kind of much running as such, but... Doing lots of training, and I've had no injuries. Been doing lots of yoga and lots of strength work, and I really put it down to that, to be honest. So nice. get onto it, team. So, John, what's your goss? What's my goss? Um, yep. well, we're going to do these Ironman finishes in a second. I'm just pulling us up now. Oh, Ironman finishes. See how many got. music on. Okay, it's a music. It's going to be a long show. Music. Here we go. The I am I am talk I am man finishes. Nice work. So if you guys want to get um, submit your finish time, you go to iamtalk.me, click on community, and then tell us about your um, Iron Man finish. Mm. And uh, we've only got a couple of people on this week because we haven't had much. I think the last time we did it was after South Africa, and I've uh, just had Australia at the weekend. So get on it. We'll do another one in a couple of weeks' time. Great. So who have we got, John? I haven't got in front of me. We got. Graham Toms Graham did Toms. Ironman South Africa, and he did 10 hours and 57 minutes and 51 seconds. Nice work, sub 11. Do you think it was a PB? I'm going to say yes. Yes, it was. Yes, so PB and sub 11. Well nice. done, Graham. Nice. So that means Graham is a Palani predator. Nice. Uh, next, I wouldn't mess with him. Next up we had uh, Stefan Dooney. Mm. Stefan Dooney. Did I'm in Australia at the weekend. Oh, really? 10.47. Nice, solid time. PB? I'm thinking no, but based on your face. Yes, it was. Oh, PB. he fooled me. He tracked fooled him, me. Tracked him. And he is also <laughs> a uh-huh. Palani predator. Oh, good work. Uh, next up, we had, also from I'm in Australia at the weekend, Greg Gorman. Oh, I agree. He's contributed to the show. Yeah. Uh, yep. 12.52.20. 12.52, so it's a sub-13. It's a sub-13. Yeah, and you're yeah, giving baby. it the nod, so I'm saying it's a personal best. I'm saying it's not. Oh, you're fooling <laughs> me again. Uh, I'm learning I can't trust you. Yeah, so he's a Harvey Hummer. Oh, that's still a pretty cool name. Mm. Uh, Hammer, Hammer. We had to change it from Hammer, didn't we? That's oh, right. I forget yeah, that yeah, every yeah. time. <laughs> um, and then finally we had from the weekend... Adam Zara also did Port Macquarie. He did 10.58.14. Oh, another, I'm going to say, I'm not even going to look at you this time because you keep st- I'm me. going stoic. I'm going to say, <laughs> yes. Yes, it was a PB. Oh, another sub-11 PB. Love your work. Sub-11 is a Pilani Predator. Nice work. Okay, guys. So if you do want to check out and put your name, get your name read on the show for finishing Whoa. an Ironman race, you can just go to www.imtalk.me, communities, Finish an Iron Man race, put your stuff in there, and we'll read it out every so often. Would Joe have been thrilled if I just spilt my blender all over the floor? There Do you know what Joe is? Joe is like Joe's pretty anal when it comes to being tidy, John. You've got to admit that. I have similar issues at home. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't call it an issue. <laughs> well, <laughs> you and I know it both is. But Joe's quite forgiving with stuff like that. Blender's not. Oh, she isn't? No. How do you do that with kids? Because kids always spill stuff. I'm her third child. Oh, really? So you contribute, do you? Yeah, uh. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so no, she's pretty forgiving. She would, she'd be all right. She would just be like, okay, let's clean up, hurry up, do it quickly. Yeah. Do a wife swap, see how we get on. Do you want to do a wife swap? <laughs> 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 it's going to end in tears. 
is the last show ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anywho, um, we've done sponsors. Uh, John, your goss. Um, what's my goss? Five hundred fifty k on the bike. <laughs> Do you know what's funny about my head? So there's a classic ride in Christchurch called the Gorges. Yep, and that uh, is a classic. It's about one hundred fifty k's, and uh, so we set off at my place six o'clock on Sunday morning, pitch black. And had six uh, o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Yeah, had Murray the Holy Hammer Lapworth with me, and uh, had Yancey. And Murray really only knows one gear, doesn't he? Yep, yep, solid. All yep, on. Yep. And Yancey Arrington, um, some of you Americans might know Yancey's um, moved down under. And then we're supposed to pick How up. How is he? Is uh, he good? Yep, he's very solid on the bike. And then we're supposed to pick up Andrew Abercan on the way. And, uh, How's he going? Yeah, good, he's going to road. He wasn't at the. the, the, the I, Gave him an extra extra five minutes. So I said, we'll be there about 20 past, knowing that we'll be there at 25 past. We Why there, is Andrew one of those people? We, we were there at close to half past. He wasn't there. Pulled up at this roundabout and uh, pulled over. 6.30 in the morning. And there's this massive party going on across the road. <laughs> 6.30 in the morning. Contrast. Oh, contrast. Oh. And, uh, I used to drive to the gym. And on going to the gym, I used to drive through town on a Friday morning, even on Thursday night. Mm. And there'd be people coming out of nightclubs and I'm going to the gym and I used to always kind of laugh at the contrast of lifestyles. So we're going along and there's this right-hand turn you have to make to go to, to Rangiora. And I was chatting away to Yancey. And Murray goes, are we turning right there? I'm like, nah, we're on the right road. It's pitch black. And I was just chatting away. Half an hour later, I was like, we're supposed to turn right back there. So what'd you do? Where'd you go? <laughs> we just kept on. We're up tram road. End oh, up at, end, past Swaninoa. Yeah, that's what, when we passed Swaninoa school, I was like, Swaninoa school? What are we doing past Swaninoa? <laughs> and uh, anyway, we turned into a five-hour ride and it was still all good. So uh, good to get You still get the wicked head wind going on West Coast Road? We had ta- well, no, we didn't have any wind, but we, we basically did a, a road, Old West Coast Road, which is about it's about a nearly 40k long, pretty straight road. And I uh, wanted to do it 230 watts, I think average. Just under forty k an hour. Nice. Happy with that. nice. You know what, John? I'm getting a buzz from this. Mm. Zing from the yeah. uh, from, yeah, it's quite from good. the from the salary. Mm. So solid week training and getting back to normal this week. No school holidays. Great. It is good when they go back to school, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. We actually had the meeting with Tyler's school dean the other day. Oh yes. Because Tyler didn't have a very good school year last year. She got a bit slack and uh, had to go and pull finger a little bit. And uh, and she had a big party to go on. So I said, I wanted friends to have a big 16th party. And we were meeting the school dean on Friday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think Tyler was worried that I was going to come back and say, look, you're not going to the party because I'm, I'm a bit of a hard ass with stuff like that. And, uh, and so I rang her and I said, look, I had a meeting. What do you think? And she goes, oh, Dad, can I please go to the party? And... Uh, and she, she's doing great. <laughs> so I was like, no, you're doing really well. And it was, it was really, really good, which is great to hear. And she's passing everything with flying colours and stuff, so it was really good. But um, it was just really interesting. She was she thought she was doing terrible just because that's the default place you'll go. So mm-hmm. it was quite funny. Do you know what I did do on the weekend, John? What did you do on the weekend? I did some um, some water blasting on my deck. Have you oh, done that? Water blasting's fun. Oh, it's so much fun. Feel the power. Yeah, and you see the result. Like, like when you leave, you'll see that I still haven't quite finished. There's a bit that I haven't done. It's mm. unbelievable the difference it makes. Mm. Nice. You don't seem that fascinated. Oh, no, I'm, I'm excited for your water blasting. Have you water blasted much? Uh, yeah, done a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's quite cool. It is quite cool. What do you got on this weekend? Oh, yeah, so uh, last last weekend, um, enrolled the kids in soccer. Oh, really? Soccer. Took them along to soccer. Hundreds hundreds of kids down there. We, we Kashmir, Kashmir Wanderers? Kashmir Wanderers. That was who I played for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the Flissy A-team. and Tommy were both in the same uh, little group plan. Flissy got player of the day. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Was Tommy a bit upset? Uh, he wasn't too bad. <laughs> Flissy just ran around after everybody. <laughs> and uh, so that was all good fun. Tyler so. played soccer for a while, but she didn't really like it. it was a, she didn't like getting hit. 
you know, I get bumped oh, yeah. into and stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, so they're all into that. So canning my fifth. I was going to do a fifteen k race on this uh, Saturday, but I'm I'm committed. I'm I'm taking the kids to soccer. What time soccer? Nine thirty Saturday morning. She come do my running group. We're always done by nine thirty. That's why we do it so the parents can get to their sport. Right. Yeah. You probably probably struggle with my group. I think I would. I don't think I'd keep up. <laughs> I don't. Twenty six on Saturday. Twenty six k. Yep. I'm going. Um, outside of that, Bevan. What else is happening? Not too much. Just taking along. What am I up to this week, John? I'm got. I'm playing in a band. Did I tell you I'm playing in a band? No, you did not. Playing in a band, John. Hmm. Yeah. It's got these guys. One's a drum player and one's a bass. And like I'm you're like, actually performing somewhere. Oh no, shit no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. Just jamming. We're just jamming. We're working on a set list. We've got we've got five songs. We've got happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is probably probably not for another six to eight months. But we, you know, the idea is we're gonna get out there and do it. So I'm pretty he, excited about that. Headline for Bon Jovi or something like that? Bon Jovi, they've already rang us. They heard yeah. we were playing. They were like, yeah. I heard Don, John, is it John? John Bon Jovi. John. He gave me a call and he said, oh, Richie's having problems right now. Maybe you guys want to fall in for us. I've got an idea for you, Bevan. Go. You'd be the headline act for uh, Suzanne Prentice. Exactly. Yeah. My mum would be happy. Mum along. She'd be stoked. There's, there's my boy and there's Suzanne Prentice. What could be better? John, what? Uh, Next Mother's Day. We talked about band names last week, didn't we? Probably. <laughs> You're sensing I don't want to go there Band name's a hard thing Okay, okay. Have, you, have you got one? No, no, no no. We, we, we're not really officially a band yet We haven't got a singer oh. Although I went to a choir on Saturday Choir? Sunday One of my runners is on this choir It was pretty cool Like just people singing Like mm-hmm. you know no, no real music as such It was pretty cool And then one of my really good friends Heather Who's a phenomenal singer Like she's she's singing She's singing bands And all the rest of her whole life and she was in a choir and I didn't realise. And so afterwards I was talking to her and I said, oh, look, I'm jamming up for me. And she goes, oh, if you need a singer. Mm. It's coming together, John. It's coming it's together. It's coming together. Just nice. uh, number one. Now, number Bevan, one this is going to be a ridiculously long show. Yep, it's over two hours. Yeah. But hey, there's some highlights. The Blender Challenge will go down in history. I am talk history. <laughs> well. Yep, so there we go. It was pretty a little hilarious. Bit disappointed. <laughs> a little bit disappointed. <laughs> Your face when it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was gold. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to have revisit this I've got to find something That your blender's not going to munch up Mine goes alright I have to admit When I put the cold berries in there Yeah It does get a bit warm it, You do that kind of <laughs> <laughs> the Funny the smell Burning smell in the kitchen But it does work So it breaks them down Yeah I don't know I think long Like if we tried five years from now Your blender probably still be around mm. I doubt mine will be Yes So you might get the longevity that way So yeah. But I, I think overall Most people thought You would probably dominate DoJ Yeah Wasn't really what happened No yeah. Anyway Let's wrap this up. Iron Russ. I'm in dope. Train hard. Train smart. Oh, guys, actually, before we do, yeah. Brad Bevan, interview on yep. Legends of Triathlon. If you haven't listened to it, had heaps of good feedback. Mm. Great, great interview. And I forgot to edit a bit. Yeah. But that wasn't really my fault. <laughs> so not your fault. John gets really mad at me. He gets real, I get these angry emails. Oh, I, I intentionally tried not to be too angry on that one. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> but, you idiot, you didn't cut that bit out But, but that bit was one of those did, did, did the Skype just cut out for a bit, did it? It cut out and, and you, you go, hello, 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 you there And then he comes back and you go, oh we'll just cut that bit out Oh okay, <laughs> hey, that's how we roll <laughs> no, I didn't write it down at the time And if you don't write it down you just don't know So yeah. that's your fault for not reminding me okay. There we go I mean, oh you go I'm Russ I mean, no. Train hard Train smart Kia kaha. Kia kaha.